are elite. For everything you need to know about Mercedes Monet's AEW debut, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. a sip what are you drinking but what are you drinking it's two tea bags in one big simpsons mug <laughs> is there any water in it with some with, yes there is like <laughs> <laughs> with some oat milk you're gonna leave that in aren't you you get i might do <laughs> come on to the rock show come on to the people show come on to the premiere show Smackdown! It's the 25th of May in the year of our Lord 2000. And I've scrolled down and my stuff's gone. And Madison Avenue's Don't Call Me Baby is number one in the charts, dethroning the mighty Britney Spears, who was never heard from again. <laughs> Gladiator is enjoying the, is known as in the business as the Kurt Angle Push, the third week of the row top of the UK charts. Daykatana is released. Or maybe it escaped. Who knows? I've not played Daykatana. I've heard nothing but love. I envy you. <laughs> Wait. What's that noise? What has this got to do with Smackdown? The answer to these questions and all more can only be found here at the Cultaholic Classic Smackdown Review. You're listening to the dulcet tones of Matthew, the regular guy, and also the hardest working person in all of wrestling culture today, Mr. Tom Campbell. That other voice you hear, well... Let's just say, last week, we had the guest, Mr. Athers, uh, who was presumed dead due to a bad tweet. Uh, our guest would only be presumed dead if he only produced four videos a week. It is, of course, <laughs> my friend and yours, the massive minion himself, Mr. Matt McMuscles. How the hell are you? Thank you, thank you. You can't see, but I'm kissing my muscles right now. I'm just, <laughs> mwah, mwah, yeah. 
I'm just happy to be included. People may know your dulcet tones already are from the What Happened series. Yes, uh, we, all, on we all have dulcet tones, don't we? I think we're all dulcet in their own special unique Dulcity. way. Dulcet-tastic. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Dulcetosity um, with Denzel Washington and Russell Crowe. <laughs> the power of the dulcetosity. Ultimate Warrior 96 by the comic. <laughs> <laughs> as well as being a man that, that plunges the depths of, of broken video game lore, <laughs> uh, you are a wrestling fan as well, aren't you, um, sir? Some, some, some have said. Some are also quick to say, Matt, it seems like your knowledge of wrestling is incredibly localized to the Attitude Era, and you still think things apply to modern day like that. And I'm like, how dare you? You're right. <laughs> Can you remember when you first discovered wrestling? I remember going to a house show with my dad uh i'm in i'm in montreal so you know a lot of a lot of wrestling uh fervor a lot of wrestling groundswell in montreal and i remember going to a house show and i remember ted dibiase having a match against beefcake maybe i think that's my earliest memory and yes before you ask i did see the greatest hockey team play in montreal uh, i believe they're, they're the the team name is called the montreal screw jobs and i was there <laughs> in the arena for that i had no idea what was going on because we were in row z and with you know, with with no common commentary, you had no idea what happened at the Montreal screw job. You were so lost. So that was kind of like my first big, like you know, very clear memory. And obviously, like lean into the uh, the Attitude Era. And after that, um, uh, my local sports channel TSN would only get raw would never get SmackDown. So, cause SmackDown was UPN, which they couldn't get like the rights to it. I don't know. So, uh, you know, I have seen, you know, a couple episodes of SmackDown here and there, uh, but I've never actually like watched a whole lot of it because I mean, it's just raw, just you know, not as good. So um, that, that kind of sums up like, like where my knowledge base of this time kind of goes. I try to watch as many pay-per-views as I could. My friend, my, you know, you always have that friend that could get the pay-per-views, but not you because your parents are like, no. So I would try to catch as many pay-per-views as I could at, uh, at around this time. It's like 2000, 2001. I was super in like, you know, play every single game that got released, you know, buy any shirts I saw at my local Walmart, that type of thing. Nice. Nice. And, and Math, you guys have met, before haven't you you're talking before you went on air and i feel like I, I i'd rather i'd like you to explain again the story of how you guys know each well, other we met a few times at Magfest, but i didn't know who he was you know i knew his rep i'm like oh but you know no one at Magfest walks around with a name tag that goes yeah that's right kiss the ring bitches <laughs> You're expecting like a blue skull to walk past in a beanie yeah you know like um, in the and if this was like my first was an anime you know <laughs> Matt McMuscles would be the dude who walks past and even like the huge dude of a skull for a head goes, <gasps> it's Nani, and everyone stops and stops what they're doing and it's him walking past. Everyone goes, whoa, it's him. It's him. Yeah, that dude. But it's, it's Magfest. So the idea is they, they would say it. Um, within the brochures, I think that the people who come here leave the egos at the door. Being a bit more old and cynical is a way of saying, yeah, we ain't paying you anything, pal. Um, but <laughs> so I'm glad I met him and had a lovely experience with him a few times. Um, that I'm sure was uh, a pixel on a big 1080p TV for Matt, but I appreciate him not being a dick. 
as far as I'm concerned. Then we had a lovely meetup in 2017 at the only WrestleMania I've gone to in Florida, uh, where all the sun lives in America and the rest of the world, <laughs> as I say this on a day where it hasn't stopped raining since I woke up. And that was nice. We talked about uh, Combat Annihilation in a big pool. And then we all met up with Jay Hunter just to bring the alliance to end Hulkamania to really together. <laughs> that was, and at then a, we were that was Popeyes. At a Popeyes. I was gonna say a Popeyes, Popeyes chicken. chicken. Yeah. And I think you brought up Virgil and the incident about some F money that was oh may God, or may not I be OSW. And then Virgil himself appeared as if he was the Candyman from the film <laughs> Candyman. I was, you know, fairly aware of Botchmania at the time of uh, Magfest, but like I, I, I thought it was like you know anonymous. Like I don't know who made Botchamania. Like it was a shadowy group that just finds the botches. I, I didn't know it was you know I wasn't aware it was made by a singular person or you you know you you started doing it. I remember a bunch of people like a bunch of smelly marks were in the lobby of Magfest just going, "It's happening tonight. It's hap- He's gonna be there. He's gonna be talking about wrestling." <laughs> So I'm like, who? Who is talking about wrestling? It's like, Matthew. And I'm like, okay. They're like, Matthew, the Botchamania. I'm like, oh, cool. And they're like, yeah, 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 it's going to happen. And like, there's, there's like, someone said No Mercy Tournament. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to wherever <laughs> No Mercy Tournament is. Not being aware that this was just like you, you know, holding court in a, a hotel room. So I just go up there and yeah, you're just there and you're just talking to a bunch of people. I'm like, oh, okay, this is cool. I'm learning. I'm like, <laughs> and after that, it's like, oh yeah, okay, Botchamania. And then the next year at Magfest, you ran like the big fucking um, No Mercy tournament, and I was amazed by that. Like all of Magfest's tournaments were were shit. Like all of them had like small, like I think like a new version of Street Fighter 4 had just come out, but like no one was playing it, but everyone was playing No Mercy. Um, and you're wearing your like Union Jack suit. And I'm like, that makes an impression. And yeah, in Florida, it was just like, well, everyone's here for this this WrestleMania. And that was my second, I, that was my second WrestleMania because the other one I went to is, oh uh, God, 31, 32, the one in Texas um, where nothing happened. Um, <laughs> which it, it was the one where uh, the entire arena was like, didn't have anybody inside the arena for like the first half hour of the pay-per-view. Oh, that's right. That's, the, that's when you're 32, yeah. 32, okay, it was 32. Um, yeah, with Kalisto yeah, and Ryback uh, talk on each other in a 205 live match, bless them. Yeah, that's the one I went to with uh, Team Four Star. That's the one where New Day dressed up as DBZ and Team Four Star were yeah. in the... That's amazing moment. But uh, yeah, for the one in Florida... We just wound up like spending the day. We went to we went to a uh, liquor store, and you saw the biggest bottle of Captain Morgan you've ever seen, and you were just you were just like you know hearts in your eyes. You had anime blush on your cheeks, um, and yeah, we just we just got uh, kind of drunk and talked about Mortal. You just wouldn't shut up about when Cyrax jumps in the air and the beat drops. <laughs> I'm yeah, thinking about it, does, it now. It like it, the, the it beat just, drops, 
And then he does the the <laughs> and I said that's why I always thought Mortal Kombat Annihilation didn't deserve the drubbing it got from people because of that one ten second bit. I mean, the the they knew that the music syncing up with the fights is kind of like you know it's what a lot of people think of in the back of their heads, like oh he might think of Johnny Cage's lines or something, or the one line that he had in Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which is just the sound of his neck snapping, <laughs> but. Um, uh, you know, fire my they, agent. they knew yeah they they knew what they um what people signed up for when they go into a mortal Kombat movie so at least they had that yeah. but yeah that that was kind of our our, our last uh, uh in-person interaction and and it it's a precious memory well sadly there'll be a distinct lack of beat dropping cyrax but Aww. We have we we have wrestling to discuss, and before um, Matthew leads us through this episode of SmackDown on the off the off the back foot of Judgment Day and the Iron Man match, I'm just going to give you a little painting of the picture of how the wrestling world looked in this particular week. Raven has been offered an unconditional release from ECW. He could turn up in WCW next week, uh, but he could turn up in WWF next month per some of the conditions uh, of an unconditional release, apparently. I don't think Meltzer was fully awake when he wrote this one. When do we see Raven from now in in WWF math. It's not long, is it? Uh, no, it's not for another few months, though. Uh, not sure why. I thought ECW had a non-compete clause like WWF would have. Uh, I think it's more finding a spot for him. Uh, it does happen when the Taz Lawler feud starts, and we're not even at the Taz JR feud yet. So, still a little bit of time to go. Also, this week we understand from the Wrestling Observer that David Heath, aka Gangrel, is getting repackaged. What? Apparently, they're binning off the vampire Matt. I mean, he's gonna be a werewolf now, or? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. We talked about on the Raw podcast. <laughs> on the Raw review uh, about how they would have done Gangrel in 95. And I almost, we, we came to the conclusion that we guarantee that in 95, in the hokey era that was 95, you did, they would have had Gangrel come out. There'd been no blood spat, nothing like that. But as soon as the match ended, the lights would go out, the lights would come back on, and a bat would fly <laughs> across oh. the arena with Vince going, he turned into a bat! But is it like a bat on a string? And there's just like... Oh, that'd have been even better. <laughs> like Gerald Briscoe is just up in the rafters, or <laughs> do I pull it now, Mister Mike? And because the 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 jobber who was presumably going to be you know Jeff Raper in the ring, he's having to sell that this bat. Like, oh no, the bat! But, but like in '95 <laughs> though, they would they were still kind of like you know mooching on movie gimmicks. So I was just thinking what's a vampire movie around that time interview from the vampire maybe so maybe he would have like the big frilly coat and be kind of like an oh. a, an, an aristocratic vampire maybe i don't know i'm i want to suck your yeah. blood uh -huh. <laughs> like why did mark madden have to apologize this week <laughs> Is this a running bit? Like no, every no, this is just a... is, what did he have to? <laughs> oh, we've got some great running oh, bits. Just you wait. Show you is the show. Just you wait. Why did? This is a. Sometimes I'll ask Matt, Matt a question based on the uh, on the news, see whether or not we can flog his memory as to why something happened. So, um, pardon the pun, but what happened? <laughs> Hey. To make Mark Madden have to apologise oh, this week. Oh, well, God knows in the, the Matthew hard drive for 2000, there's a lot of space <laughs> left for Mark Madden. Um, <laughs> put me out of misery. From The Observer, Mark Madden was forced by TBS Legal to do an apology to Bruno Sammartino on Nitro. 
Madden had talked about various deceased former wrestling champions turning in their grave regarding David Arquette winning the world title. He mentioned Pat O'Connor, Buddy Rogers, and uh, Bruno Sabartino, <laughs> who was very much alive at the time. Uh, David Sabartino uh, said that he, his father was furious about this, and uh, this led to uh, a, a potential lawsuit. However, WCW reassured them there would be an apology on air, so Madden had to do a grovelly apology. Uh, but but <laughs> the apology, if you find it, it is the least sincere apology. It is a sort of apology that a child gives when they're forced to apologise to their brother for stealing their toys. Like, I'm sorry! All right? I'm sorry. It's the least sincere apology. I mean, it's funny because you probably just didn't realise he was still alive, but Mark Madden's whole shtick was that he was like this controversial, almost shock jock level of dude. So it was hardly to anyone's surprise when this stuff would happen. Like, I can't believe the guy we hire to be a dick said dickish things. I'm sure his apology was, I'm sorry you're not dead, Bruno, on Nitro, just to keep my muscles in this bit of news that maybe not mean much to him, but means a lot to me. So one of the first Nitros of the year of Lord 2000 had Jeff Jarrett taking on three legends that ended up being George Animal Steel, uh, Tito Santana, and Jimmy killed his wife and got away with it snooker. But it was rumoured that they wanted Bruno to come in to lose to Jeff Jarrett. And Bruno probably then told him, no, sorry, I'm dead, um, which is amazing to me. The idea of Jeff Jarrett beating Bruno on a random episode of Nitro. I'm trying what the equivalent without that to be. Roman Reigns losing. So like a mid, so like a, an early to midnight is legend, Roman Reigns. Bam Bam Bigelow. Actually, that's, if he was still with yeah. us, Bam Bam Bigelow would be a good yeah. shout for that. So one of the nice bits of him doing the Melted News stuff is the stuff that almost happened but didn't quite happen. On this particular week in history, the grandson of a wrestling legend would begin their journey at Ohio Valley Wrestling. Matt McMuscles, who do you think Randy that would Orton. be? It is Randall, Randall, Keith, Randall, Keith, Randall, Randall, Keith, Randy Orton uh, joining OVW in this particular week. Ohio and, uh, tipped it off. One final note before we get into the episode. On the 20th of May, a couple of days before this broadcast, uh, in or a couple of days after this is it before or after? What day are we on? Either way. Um, around the time of this broadcast, it, Montreal drew its first sellout of 600 fans in this particular venue for Pierre Houlet versus Glenn Colker. Thought I'd chuck that in there for you, Matt, since it's a bit of Montreal news for Northern Championship Wrestling. Uh, I appreciate it. The, uh, the indie scene in Montreal always, always obscure to me. It always felt like a fight club. Like you never knew when it was going to happen and it wasn't advertised super well. Like, you know, I, I doubt my parents would even take me if, if like, yeah, let me, like they won't let me go see the safe, like, you know, wrestling that's in a nice, big, clean arena, you know, so I, I doubt they'd, they'd let me go. It's, uh, of course, Pierre Houlet in the main event who would go on to have a career that, that, with the exception of a big break in the middle, spanned 20 years as PCO, mm-hmm. which always just blows my mind. One of the half of the Quebecers, still a thing, and, and a great thing in 2020. Uh, wee wee. Well, that's all my news from the notes on the Wrestling Observer. Let's throw it over to Matthew Gregg, who's going to take us through this week's episode of SmackDown. Oh, isn't that great? Especially with people who haven't seen it. Uh, so, for Matt Muscles, before we venture into this uh, weird time trippy thing, first yes. of all, were you watching SmackDown or any products like that in WF in 2000? Or? Uh, def- definitely raw when, whenever I could and, and usually yeah. like a raw replay they would usually replay it like later that night or whatever and um, you know if I wasn't doing anything that night I'd, I'd try to like watch any bits I really liked again but Smackdown yeah it was, was UPN 
I don't think any of the networks I had like w- could get it. I think it was much much later when they were able to play SmackDown. So yeah, lots of episodes of SmackDown I missed. But fortunately, like Raw would sometimes recap like what happened last time on SmackDown. So I was like kind of aware if anything really big happened on the show. So in in general, though, I wasn't really uh, kept abreast, as it were. I think you'd remember if there was any like huge screens or someone's about to get put through a table and it cuts a picture of Rick Martell and it's the word non uh, I, I don't think I don't I really don't remember any like cutaways from uh, table spots so oh well I could still dream <laughs> speaking of which the show opens with a dramatic recap and this one features the doom door opening sound effect I was, yes <laughs> I have that written down in my notes <laughs> I was like well, did we all write there's one that happens and I'm like okay that must be some weird thing but then it keeps happening did we all write doom door in our notes that's right take that Excellent. on the bingo card there we go it's going good lads it's going good House. Uh, this is the second time the weird uh, what's it called when it's a royalty free song that happens to use the sound the way you open a door in doom what came first it's apparently a royalty free license free music database doom used it and popularized that one which is why it gets sampled in anything to do with hell including that one episode of doctor who did the people from doom then hear this piece of music and go wait rewind (laughs) at the start no (laughs) That's what we need for... We we just... We had... When the doors opened. That sounds much cooler. Let's use that instead. <laughs> to, to clarify people who don't care about old video games. No. Doom came out in 93. You're, you're on the... If you are, you're on the wrong yeah, podcast. Here's Matt McMuscles. He does absolutely nothing for you. <laughs> Many people have told me. <laughs> don't worry, I do even less. And after the door has been opened to hell, we are reminded that Judgment Day... That's very appropriate, I guess, with the theme... The regime took back what was theirs. That's right. Triple H is once again the WWF champion. Uh, after going the full distance in the Ironman match with The Rock, it was neck and neck with The Rock winning. However, The Undertaker came out, cleaned house on DX, but Shawn Michaels noticed, did count as a DQ. Triple H just gets that one past the goal just before the time expires. So Undertaker inadvertently cost him The Rock the WWF championship. But hey, and take us back, so who cares? On Raw, it was supposed to be four on one with uh, DX and Shane and Triple H against The Rock because we all have a fair fight here in WWF. However, The Rock decides to take out all the individuals before the main event and then beats up Vince, throws him in his own limo, which drives off like one of the ring out options in Fatal Fury Real Bout. Oh, I love you so much. <laughs> Thank you. That was that was the target audience that. of one there. That's Might my as well favorite use them. part of Fatal Fury games. <laughs> I agree. And it's only in one game. <laughs> but so that makes it one-on-one Rock versus Triple H in the main event. But then everyone who got beat up shows up anyway. And they are somehow able to stop Rocky Strength, which we all know is not illegal in tournaments because The Rock is able to beat up as many people as he likes. But then The Undertaker arrives to rev up his Harley and scare everyone with his bike that revs. This leaves Rock and Triple H by themselves again with The Rock wearing a jacket that looks like spaghetti. He's able to end the episode by putting Triple H through an announce table with a rock bottom. And there's lots of Saturday morning, you may have won this battle, but the war is far from over. And that dramatic, amazing, scintillating recap brings us to 
Widdy wee, widdy woo. Smackdown. <laughs> when we can do live, when we can do live stuff again, and, and should we ever get to WrestleMania, I want an acoustic version of the Smackdown theme by you, Math. Like you just going widdy woo, widdy woo for about four hours. So, I thought you were going to say <laughs> no, get like 120 a strong choir and they're all going wiggy woo, wiggy woo. <laughs> That's even better. Howard Finkel <laughs> to sing the Smackdown theme. <laughs> The Harlem City <laughs> Boys Club Choir. Yay! And see, when you said acoustic, I thought you meant like what's stained. I'm on the outside. Weedy, I'm weedy woo. woo. <laughs> woo. Oh, I'm in the That right could be Fred place. Durst next to him with the hat going, yeah. Oh, like, don't right. talk about Fred Durst yet because I'm going to give out about that in a little bit. Oh, we certainly will because that's kind of relevant to the episode. Yeah. But then the show starts off with police in the ring. Ooh. A limo shows up. It's McMahon and his crew. They're not quite the fact regime, not quite the regime. We don't know what they are yet. Uh, but we do need to point out that Gerald Briscoe is wearing his hardcore title over his office wear. So it's become... <laughs> Part of the ensemble of Gerald Briscoe. Vince says, well, we're not, this won't be a repeat of Raw, guys. And straight away, Undertaker hears the signal, appears, <laughs> and chases all of them with his underbike. This is effective. Underbike sounds like a dental problem. <laughs> the under, get the underbiker accessory with every underbike, underbike, Undertaker action, or whatever. This is effective when they do it once and the, they react like, when a dude sees a ghost in Scooby-Doo and their knees knock together and they're like, Undertaker! And then they run in the midair. However, Undertaker keeps on chasing them. So they keep on having to go, whoa, it's Undertaker again! And then moving on dramatic way. And, oh, here he comes! And it's... He's still there! <laughs> where, where is he? If you look very carefully. If you look very carefully, they're running past the same background <laughs> multiple times. Plant pot, door car plant pot door car <laughs> undertaker you know uh, and they eventually figure out that bikes can't go upstairs which is also yeah. how the doctor dealt with the daleks at one time and uh that's how they get away from him uh this <laughs> i was really hoping that the bike would grow wings wait what no wait, hold on. Start hovering the t1000 them. goes up like six flights of stairs on his bike in terminator 2 it's possible it can Undertaker be done. just doesn't want to. It's just lazy. <laughs> just saying. Look, I'm just saying the underbiker requires <laughs> not just the Undertaker action figure, which is sold separately, but also the understarer, which is another separate accessory. <laughs> uh, there's also you can also make the underbiker go on lava. Um, he floats in the bath. If that's only if you've eaten your vegetables. Uh, Mabbit Muscles, what did you think of the start of SmackDown? So I literally have Vince McMahon got attacked in the backstage area last show, says it won't happen again, then hires cops to meet him in the ring, immediately gets attacked backstage. <laughs> like, meet you at your car. That's where you got attacked. Why 
what you're, you're gonna have like a long walk like from the backstage area like it's very likely like you're in an rpg a random battle is going to start <laughs> in the backstage area <laughs> so i don't know like that that already kind of made me go like oh this is the era man this is the great era <laughs> of like why would you do this and of course when vince comes into the ring he immediately chastises all the police for doing what he asked which was meet him in the ring it was amazing um but yeah all the, all the pantomime stuff of everyone falling over themselves multiple times the undertaker just going back and forth on on the uh, on the under wait with the the underbiker under what, what did you call it the underbike yeah, get it right, Matt. This is a serious podcast. Sorry. Uh, the Underbiker. The, un- no. the Undermobile. You guys have obviously done a bunch of these shows. I feel like almost everything from, like, you know, late 99 to, like, 2001, like, every Raw and every SmackDown started off really similar to this. It's just McMahon going to location A and thing B happens. The majority yep. of them, it's it's Triple H coming out and, and, and giving us a seminar on why he's a brilliant wrestler. Mm. Well, they slowly tell you what's going to happen over the next 90 minutes and, uh, but Vince McMahon has, has started taking more of a, a front role in that again because Triple H was leading those conversations for a while and then we had a, a sensational bit of dialogue from Vince in the run up to Judgment Day which gave us the infamous line life sucks and then you die and he's been on fire since then and he continues to be brilliant being chased around by a man on a bike <laughs> life sucked and then you drive that's right and we carry on with this amazing Amazing segment. Uh, Vince heads to the ring, escaping via the stairs. That's good. That's usually how you escape things, especially in Resident Evil. He insults the police because they weren't there to protect him, a rich white man. Uh, Vince McMahon calls Undertaker out. And sadly, I, as a young child, remember watching Undertaker come out every SmackDown. Here we go. At this point, he would come out to, ah, man, American badass, watch me kick. Badass. And all that stuff. Uh, especially because they would get to put the... The little kids going, are you scared? He's here. And the Judgment Day build up. And then call that the WWF edit of the Kid Rock American Badass song. <laughs> um, yeah, that's not here on the network. Uh, due to that pesky having to pay for real music thing. So in the cruelest, cruelest of futures we are dealt with here, it says, bloody, you've done it now. No, 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 theme. He'd be when he was bloody booger red. When that theme kicked in and I like, I was like, no, this is 2000. It's, it's American badass. Listen, I did like an exhaustive amount of research on when the songs were happening for American badass. I was thinking of just calling you guys saying, I'm not doing the show. I just, I can't. The, the, themes, the theme is not right. I don't want to live in a world where you can't hear the theme again, unless you get like a live, you know, version of the thing, but I powered through it despite this huge flaw i fired through it but i was like i guess you can't you can't license the song forever and while kid rock is like you know was a and still is a massive piece of crap i i was like oh that song's so good like and i love i love the american badass theme i love kid rock's version of course i love the original metallica version like they're both so unique in in the what the the information they're trying to impart to the listener <laughs> i'm an american badass uh you can roll with rock or suck a thing or you know all the stuff that kid rock used to say but um i was a huge huge kid rock fan at the time 
because I was like, oh, he's he's an American. He's a badass. That's cool. So I, did I, again, you as a Kid Rock fan also buy the Uncle Cracker album? I did not. I I was always kind of close. I was always sort of tempted, but I was like, nah, and just just kind of walk away. It's like a spin-off album, you know. I wasn't really. He into did it. four in the end. Uh, Shut Double up. Wide was the first one. He did four. I may or may not own all four. <laughs> And I don't know, I just went through this weird phase around this time where it was, and we'll get it to it in a year's time, when Xbox Just Incredible and Albert were coming out to what you're looking at by Uncle Cracker and everybody everybody <laughs> shat on it. I was like, I really like this. I really like this song. I want the album. Yeah, I think his song or one of, one of his singles, I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. I, you know, I didn't mind it, but yeah, it, it, never, it never really spurred me to, to actually uh, take the plunge and buy the album. The, it's worth mentioning at this point, I'll briefly talk about Uncle Crackhead, how often does that take, uh, come up? My mum heard Uncle Cracker on Top of the Pops, which uh, has aged me about 50 years, I know. And <laughs> she said that she liked, follow me and everything is all Aww. right. It's like, oh, that's a nice dulcet tone song for me, a 50-year-old woman. And she went and bought Uncle Cracker's album, not realising that this was the exception to the rule. And the rest of the album was not as known as uh, Gangster Rap. Uh, she then gave me the album and said, yeah, I think this is for you. And it's I, quite an aggressive album. It's quite an aggressive album, especially for a woman who only likes to get mad when someone takes her place at the supermarket. So uh, Undertaker comes into not just you've done it now, this uh, placeholder theme, uh, but also lots of overdub cheers. But he was getting quite cheered, to be honest with you. He's been away for a while. Vince asks him, who do you think you are? Which I know a lot of people want to know, because last time we saw Undertaker, he was full on ministry. He was buying Marilyn Manson and corn hoodies. And now he's wild hogging it. Uh, he's also ginger. Vince wonders if Undertaker <laughs> feels bad about costing The Rock the WF title and the crowd chants BS. I mean, Undertaker did interfere in that match. That was actually a fair finish, but we'll move on. Vince tries to have him arrested for trespassing, because the last time he checked, Undertaker walked out on him. So Vince Man does remember when he had black hair dye. That's interesting. And <laughs> to flashback, the last time we saw Undertaker before this, episode of SmackDown in 99, when Triple H had to run the Hercules gauntlet. We had to win five matches to get a title shot or something, something. Let's just push Triple H and hope for the best. Uh, Undertaker refused to have a match and just said, sod off Vince and left. And that was the last time we saw him. So it's good that he was Vince looking a bit American that. badass then, wasn't he? Like he had a little bit of like the American badass about him then, like that he was, had sunglasses on and jeans. That was uh, weird. That was I don't, his. I didn't remember that at all when he like had what? It was probably like a week or two of TV when he was doing this weird like gimmick, like from the start there. So wouldn't that have seemed really odd to most people? I can answer this, Matt. Uh, when you're chilling in your house. Do you like to put on a big, you know, dressing gown or as a favorite jumper you've got? Um, yeah, I'll, there, I have like a specific hoodie and like sweats combo I'll, I'll lounge around in. This is what Undertaker does. Uh, he joins Aces and Eights. <laughs> and... I just like the idea of the Undertaker coming out in a dressing gown. It's <laughs> not a smackdown. You've done it now. You disturbed my breakfast. John? Oh, I haven't explained John to Matt. Right, so Matt... Um, 
we have a, a beautiful man who listens to this show by the name of John Eiley, and he's a Photoshop genius. And what he does is, if we ever have an idea or a flight of fancy, mm-hmm. we simply shout John, and we tell him what we want, and he will bring it to life on Photoshop on Twitter when this goes out live. <laughs> So if you have any ideas, if, if you have, like, a, a, like for example, I'm going to now go, John, can we have The Undertaker in a dressing gown, please? <laughs> I'll make sure to give John a shout out when, when something pops into my head. Any flights of fancy, mate, it is all yours. Carte blanche. But be warned, though, it is like if you write something down when you're drunk. And then you sober up the morning after and go, what? <laughs> what the <laughs> hell was, did I say that? I meant that, did I? Oh, God. Uh, Undertaker explains that he's allowed to be here. He's not trespassing because Vince's old lady, which in America means wife, uh, reveals (laughs) Linda signed him to a big fat contract, which means he's going to get paid a lot of money to kick his ass. Vince is like, all right then, arrest him for trying to kill me with a bike. I'm not that picky. Uh, And the copper says, if he arrests Undertaker for that, then he'll have to arrest Vince too for assaulting a police officer and prods Vince in the chest. This leaves Vince and alone with Undertaker, but Shane chair shots Undertaker to absolutely no effect to save his dad, and they all run away. The first words that American badass Undertaker uttered, I thought it might be something quite deep. The first thing he says is, check this out, boss. <laughs> Those are the first words of the new Undertaker. I kind of feel like nowadays they put more of an emphasis on make sure when you land, these are the first words that you say. And the first thing he says is, check this out, boss. And immediately you're like, what is what is this Undertaker? And they, they loved it. It's lovely seeing Undertaker back. But again, as a kid, you're kind of like, yeah, it's cool, but why? Why is he not a demon anymore? What's 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 occurred here? He also ends um, his sentence by saying, I'll, I'm going to, I'm being paid to kick your stank ass. And that <laughs> set off some, some red flags as a kid. I was like, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> like that, that's not even like a like a tough biker thing like stank ass really like just (laughs) kick your ass that's fine i i'm pretty sure looking at it back now that they were just like let's just turn him into stone cold let's just have another stone cold essentially essentially since like austin's uh out right now right austin's like injured so like i know that Callaway like love like wanted to be this right like he was like oh I'm all in here like this is what I want to be and but like also it has the double effect of well you can be Austin for a while you know because because it's essentially the same thing the only difference is that he drives drives a push bike I'd actually never thought of it like that before I genuinely never thought of it as because because in the interviews he's done since you know since because now he talks and does podcasts which is weird mm-hmm. and uh, he's he talks about how like oh he even said quote I don't think I would have been able to survive the attitude era as mainstream undertaker and that led to him kind of becoming himself with the volume turned up but it never crossed my mind like you said then Matt they're basically making him the de facto Steve Austin, which is what they're doing. The the in-house legend who doesn't who hates the boss and will raise hell. And that and that explains the change from sort of talking reverse Latin in nineteen ninety-nine to I'm gonna beat your stinker. The problem is that his delivery is like so bad. Like it, if you're if you're being Demon Undertaker, you can mask it. You can hide your like lack of charisma by having a gravelly voice and saying generic lines from Legacy of Kane games. 
but like <laughs> when you're the biker like you can't you can't hide the shit you know like he he, he, he just says generic words and stuff and it, it comes off really badly at the time i mean i liked him wasn't over the moon for it it was mostly like the entrance and you know i, I love the last ride and stuff but like watching him like give give this like these opening lines yeah it wasn't wasn't great it does make sense you say he's basically playing the role of austin uh, with the main storyline being the mcmahon and helmsley people are ruling wwf of an iron fist uh, they do need more people to like basically rev up and scare them and be like oh he's gonna kick the bad guys asses yay or it's gonna be a very one-sided affair although i do like the idea of undertaker coming back as uh as riel and being as he gets thrown in the pit of acid and comes back as biker taker <laughs> and also here's, here's a little um a, little, a bit of continuity error because it's good to talk about continuity in wrestling which is inherently bollocks the idea that undertaker says hey your your lady wife your lady hey <laughs> you're the <laughs> Vince man don't do drugs hey Vince made lady your lady signed me on Sunday like okay so you, she signed you Sunday but you've you've had promos running for months <laughs> like are you were they, were they that confident that you'd sign because you could have been a, an absolute ass if you were Mark Calloway yeah yeah run some promos I'll definitely sign yeah I'll definitely sign on Sunday yeah I'll definitely sign on Sunday Sunday I'll sign with WCW just for a laugh <laughs> Your stank old wife lady. <laughs> I think I speak American. Your stank old wife lady. She's done it now. Is she gone and wrote my name down here? <laughs> rum, 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 rum. Oh, is she gone from from? <laughs> Don't make me get on my rum, rum and whoop your skank ass. Undertaker, too. We, we definitely missed out uh, a trick by not having him come out and talk to like Viscera Midian start being like, ah, the Dark Lords have brought you back to this realm of the Taker. And he's like, chewing tobacco and we're like yep yep what it do and it's like was there ever any explanation like i'm just no i'm just this is who i be who i like to be and like it's not like he was beaten down or buried in like a buried alive match and then they kind of played it off like oh he was resurrected as like this new like he's just like no i'm like they never really gave an explanation for it they're just like yeah he's he's a oh i think the line was uh, even though I don't dress like Satan anymore, I'm still down with the devil. But why don't That's you dress lie. like Satan anymore? Like, what What happened? <laughs> hey. hey! Ten points. Down your drinks. <laughs> um, every, um, every time Undertaker's gone away, there has been... Ex- there has been reasoning Something. for it whether you know you're getting chucked in a casket set alight Marty Jannetty floats mm. to the ceiling buried alive hand pulling through through the ground like there's always a reason but this is the only time we- this is the reason is oh, I'm bored Vince see you later and then a year later here I am bring bring from come from. for a fight from <laughs> from from mate from from right. Undertaker from from's backstage and we get the next segment <laughs> which features the tag team champions Edge and Christian I hear and the announcers announce their job that they are here with an open <laughs> challenge to any tag team they haven't beaten yet and then they get the mic and go well wait a minute we've beaten everyone who else is left the moon dogs are there any doinks lying around no which i'm sure uh tom and justin henry really appreciated given that there's millions of dead doinks lying around the place in 95 <laughs> zero oh, reaction from the crowd like you can see how many new fans there are in the attitude era because like you, you say doink nowadays, big massive pop, but like they say doink there, like nobody knows who doink is because it's it's all it's a lot of new fans in the audience. 
yeah, this would have been something that people would have written down in uh, magazines and gone, oh, they said doing. Do you remember? I remember doing. But yeah, you're right. As far as the mainstream audience, like, yeah, can we see some tits, please? <laughs> and looky them as Latino Heat pumps out and we get Eddie Guerrero and China. <laughs> he pumps out. Like- <laughs> Latino Heat pumps out. That's what I've written. He pumps in. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't pump out. I pumped in. Oh, <laughs> it's like it's like when you pump up the crowd, you pump them back down. <laughs> Don't get too excited. <laughs> Deflate the crowd. I have, to, I have to say, like China comes out, she looks amazing. Like I think she got more work done like like a couple months from here, like in 2001, maybe. And I just saw her, I was just like, wow, you look, you look like, I, I don't know if she's looked better than this. Like, it's not too overdone what she got done. And like in the ring, she was fine, but like, she's just coming out. And, and I love the Latino Heat song. I always did. It was just so catchy. I would always sing it when he would come to the ring. It is a silly, but very catchy song. I agree. Yeah, very silly. And Eddie is hot off defending the European title on Raw. And China was on the season finale of Third Rock from the Sun, so they are both very qualified for a WF tag team title <laughs> shot tonight. A brief summary of the match. Eddie Guerrero and China take the two Canuckers apart. Sorry about that, man. To begin with, That's and fine. the crowd is very much behind the two wrongins, who are technically bad people, but no one cares. Uh, Cole tries to mention that The Rock will be here tonight, but Lola admonishes him and tells him to call the match, which made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hot tag to China who power bombs both guys then low blows them both then lands the mega cartwheel elbow before taking a gentle spear then ENC land the sidewalk slam reverse DT combo thought they'd forgotten they used and keep beating her up until they shove the referee for the DQ but then Latuna Heat send them away because even though China was losing and not being a big part on WF TV she still need protecting because she was the main female when they'd use her for adverts and stuff so yeah, nice and simple match here. The crowd is white hot. Mammoth Muscles, what did you think? Um, I just have one thing written down. I'm going to say it as it was written. I have very nice power bums by China. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, I misspelled that. Oh, no, no, no never mind. I'm going with it. It's power bums. <laughs> From now on, power bums are called power bums. But the, but they were good. You can see that, you know, she's not used that much. She, like, uh, gets tagged in, does, like, two moves, tags back out. Um, I love, I always loved Edge and Christian. I always loved Edge. I, 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 maybe you guys have an answer for this. Edge has stopped doing the, like, enter from the crowd entrance like forever by now right but the camera still like pans around the screen during their entrance <laughs> looking for edge he's coming from the entrance now it's been months <laughs> give it up <laughs> you're never gonna find he's always gonna come from the entrance now it's, it's an over thing but they still do it which is just pretty funny um, but yeah, like you said, it's like the opening match so you know the, the crowd's very very hot and you know I kind of in dq so not great but you know, whatever it's just you know it's it's an undercard match on on in, in the attitude era it's most likely going to be a dq at one point edge and christian were about to drop china with a painful looking double ddt to which jerry lawler said hey this is this is every girl's dream <laughs> christ <laughs> and, it, and it it asks more questions and answers a line like that Jesus, that's not. How, I mean, I'm I'm not an expert, but I don't think that's how sex works. 
I'm not an expert, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I've never been asked, been shouted out to give someone a DDT in the heat of the moment. <laughs> we turn the candles out and bang! <laughs> Even flow. <laughs> you, you, me, and the DDT makes three. <laughs> and we... Otherwise, it was a fun match. It was a really fun match. And we cut backstage to Crash Holly. It was in the APA's office. And just so background, just so Matt isn't lost, I need to point out again, it's just a door frame in an empty bit of the arena <laughs> and the sign saying, nearly fixed. Crash Holly is there talking about revenge, speaking in exposition while shaking a beer can furiously, but he's interrupted by the APA. And the first thing you hear is them saying, hey, I thought I locked the door. And yes, <laughs> they still come through the door frame and are shocked when they see Crash Holly, which if they're going from the, all the way in the back of this little hole, they would have obviously seen him. But they had to go through the door to see him. It's a nice bit of, uh, of all the places to draw subtle comedy from. I would not have said the acolytes. Um, Absolutely. You, I appreciate you trying to catch me up, but I was well aware of the APA's office gimmick because at the time I was like, this is the future of comedy. The, this <laughs> this whole thing. like it, It's not a real office. Do you get it? Like I, I loved it. Like never really you know cared that much for the apa like in ring because it was pretty much what their their match is going to be on this show which is very short but um i always like i always like it just show me more backstage apa office things i like you cannot have them come into the ring ever and i'd be just as happy i feel like in 2020 if they were to do this like and this is how the, the the commentary and the delivery of these shows have changed. I genuinely feel if you did this in 2020, you'd have Michael Cole going, "Oh look, there's no wall there. It's just a door." Like he'd spell it out. Like it was nice at this point because it was just a little gag, and if you saw it and you appreciated it, it was a little reward. It's basically in 2020, everybody gets a certificate. Whereas in in, tw- in 2000, if you saw the gag, you appreciated the gag. That was a little little bit for you. That was. Yeah, Tom, you're definitely right. Triple H if he was around and he was how he is then, he would definitely book himself a segment just to go, you know you can go around the door, don't you? And then everyone would look at him like, was? Was is the, was the door? Or whatever. They arrive, they're very shocked to see that who's been sleeping in my bed with Crash Holly, and he puts his hand behind his back, still furiously pumping away, and they go, eh, hey, hey, we thought you'd grow out of that boy, or oh, oh, maybe not, but I've got the size of you. Farouk <laughs> tries telling him a story about when he was a young boy, and Crash says, how's this for boys? And opens up the fizzed up beer can, <laughs> spraying it everywhere before legging it. Farouk says, I'll be damned. In a manner that would make him very over several years later, he makes chase and Bradshaw yells, remember, he's just a boy. Ha 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 ha. Before yeah, another beer can, another <laughs> beer can, which opens up and sprays over him. So he adds, kill him. <sighs> and and that sets up this match. Yeah, and then we go, da, 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 da. it's the segues painfully into Farouk versus Crash Holly in a hardcore match, <laughs> even though Crash Holly doesn't have the hardcore title. Uh, Bradshaw joins us for commentary, and it is a bit uh, out of place at this point in time, if you're watching things back retroactively, which we are, to hear Bradshaw commentating with Michael Cole in <laughs> 2000. Anyway, mm. he does get one decent line where he goes, sorry, I don't have a beer for you, Lola. I only brought six because they love drinking and beats and ups peoples. Uh, <laughs> Crash twats Farouk, but runs right into a scoop slam counter. Farouk pounds him like myself when I discovered Hente using my mum's 56k dial-up internet in 2000 <laughs> before putting away with a dominator. The Hente! 
And that was it. And at least this ends a plot point from last week where the APA let Crash Holly lose the hardcore title because he only paid for the hour. <laughs> Any thoughts here, Tom? About anything? <laughs> before Matthew putting before putting him away the Dominator like I did when I discovered Hentai <laughs> on the 50s. That's, that's gag of the year. That's gag of the year. Um, JBL was funny on commentary. Like, there was... He was there's, obviously, hindsight is... Is twenty twenty, but there's, there's a bit of a revelation there. I thought hey, he was quite good. Short time he was there, and geez, we need these constant reminders of what a beast Ron Simmons is as a singles wrestler. Like everything he did was just snap, crisp. That power slam as Crash came off the steel steps, the frigging one arm spinebuster. I'll never get bored of that one arm spinebuster that Fruit did. He was great here. Any thoughts here, Tom, in this very quick match? That was me just then talking. <laughs> Any thoughts here, Matt, on this very quick match? Um, pretty, pretty much in agreement with Tom. I was, you know, I, I always kind of uh, of this era, just like, oh yeah, when the APA came out, they oh, it was always a tag team match. So it's actually nice to, you know, have something where one guy gets to show off a little bit. And yeah, Farouk just like dominating the match for the most part. And like you said, everything he does is like, you know, really, it, it's really powerful and vicious, but not like cunty vicious, like, like Bradshaw. So that's nice. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked Farouk at the time. Like, you know, uh, Bradshaw, you know, obviously played his part, uh, as well, but I don't know. I always, always kind of preferred Farouk in general. So, uh, yeah, I, I, all I have down is like, uh, yeah, that's pretty much every APA match, like super short, um, you know, either it's going to end up in a DQ and I was surprised this didn't somehow, but I mean, so it's a hardcore match. Uh, yeah, that's weird. Why a hardcore match in the hardcore title? Did, like, did that happen often? Hardcore matches where the title wasn't involved? Only Taz and Perry Satin had quite a mm. few mm. non-title hardcore ti- hardcore matches. That, but apart from that, not really. Weird. Again, it's just that that lingering plot point, and that's one of the beauties of this period, is that if there was a plot point, nine times out of ten, they would address it and go, no, Crash needs his revenge against the, the Acolytes. They short, well, did they shorten him? Did they not? Eh, he did only pay for the hour and he slept for an hour and a half. That was his own fault. But never mind that. <laughs> Bang to right. This next segment is brought to you by Go Midas. Here we like go. Like Hente for cars. <laughs> Brings us the Go Midas noun of the week. And it's Crash Holly hitting everyone with chairs on Monday Night Raw. That was the Go Midas noun of the week. Vroom, vroom, moo, moo. What is Go Midas, Math? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I was expecting to hear, I've got to admit, a with the Midas touch. Um, a quick Google <clears throat> reveals nothing. <laughs> wow, I'll get you glad you clicked this, eh? But don't worry, there's some other, there's some other better sponsors. Go Midas Car. Midas Cars is a British-made kit. Well, that ain't it. Well, we'll move on then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, there was well there was a um, an Armenian priest called Go Midas. Oh, uh, or sometimes known as Comitus. 
he was a priest, musicologist, composer, arranger, singer, and choir master. So maybe he could lead uh, the Widdy Woo group <laughs> when we get to the, the live show. Uh, he is a pioneer of ethnomusicology. So there you go. And I guess he sponsored Boot of the Week or whatever the frick that was. I love how Sorry. the first uh, crash of the week is like Benoit getting hit in the head with like a, like a chair oh. shot really viciously. The concussion of the week. <laughs> yeah. Here's a chair shot. They meow, meow. Buy cars. Hey, Harry. <laughs> Drive a car with a concussion. You'll think we ha- we have CTE when you see our low, low prices. <laughs> You'll go minus, then you go right to the emergency room. Vroom, vroom, crash, crash. Like, why? Like, were they told the ad, like, the the ad sponsors, like, yeah, your thing is going to be for when we hit people in the head. Like, did they, okay, we'll just buy a spot, right? And WWE goes, like, yeah, sure, Um, it's going to be this much. But then did they, like, (laughs) let them, like, uh, check it first before they run with it? It's like, yeah, the the Midas ad, which is for cars, is people getting destroyed physically. Like, because sometimes they've been pretty grim. Like, I'm sure (laughs) there was one of these, like, like a JVC Kaboom Box Slam of the Night, and it was the, it was Triple H crashing tests and steps. Where and 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 re- revealing that he'd roofied her like that was your JVC kaboom bug. Like wow, the last thing I want to do now is buy a stereo. Like, oh. That woman was and, roofied. That's and horrible. now the Alpo dog food of the week shot, and it's just the boss man feeding El Snow's dog. <laughs> Digimon the movie proudly sponsors. Oh my God, the Undertaker just threw off my guard of hell in the cell. <laughs> he threw him into the digiverse. <laughs> that was your Sega Pico. Oh, now we're just showing off. Decatana sponsors this. Sunday Night Heat. That was the all they could afford. That would be Daikatana presents the WWE like bitch of the week. Suck it down. <laughs> <laughs> the disappointment of the week brought you by Daikatana. <laughs> Uh, anyway, what would be uh, the disappointment of? I'm just, I'm intrigued by the disappointment of the uh, week. I don't know the Al Snow match. I want a title shot. No, okay, <laughs> that was your disappointment of the week. The no refunds of the week. <laughs> Move on from the uh, uh, the Midas touch. When we touch you, it you don't turn to gold, but your head gets smaller. Vroom, vroom, vroom. Next segment, please. Are you having a stroke, right? <laughs> Is Gerald Briscoe welcoming Triple H and uh, Stephanie to the arena? That was the Go Midas Decatana filler segment <laughs> of the week. Instead, <laughs> Majora's Mask presents <laughs> the Decatana. <laughs> okay, all right. Why is Majora's Mask presenting the Decatana? Because they came out in 2000. It's funny because this was a genuine issue that they're having right now because they were making a lot of money, being very profitable. The product was very good. But a lot of people were pointing out, hang on, you're selling toys to kids. You're selling boom boxes to kids. And you switch on the TV and it's all, oh, this woman got punched in the face. And then something about Midas. It's like, hang on. Your Majora's Mask moment. It's like the most... Dekatana, woman getting kicked in the head of the week. 
I remember the most toy-like thing. I remember being a big sponsor for, like, I want to say, like, a pay-per-view. It was, like, Karate Fighters. They were, like, Rock'em yeah. Sock'em robots, but, like, they were, like, Mortal Kombat characters on either side or Mortal Kombat-like. And, like, that's a fucking toy. Like, there's no, you know, yeah. a video game, you know, anybody can really play it. But, like, no, like, you know, 40-year-old is playing with karate fighters. Or, you know, I probably would be, but, like, because they're neat. <laughs> but um, it's just it's just so strange sometimes, the ads. The ads were all over the place because it was, like, Stridex pimple cream. You know, obviously, mostly for teenagers, greasy teenagers. But then <laughs> the greasy teenagers don't need Midas, go-kart, gold, daikatana, honeycube, barbecue shit. Like it's it's just so weird. They they would take any ad, right? They would just like what if the money's good, they just take it. Just sell yes. the ads. Yeah, sell the ad yeah. time. It's like most most radio stations I ever worked for. It's just sell the ad time. Doesn't matter what it is. Just sell the ad time. <laughs> just sell it. Just sell it. I I was I used to, I used to do a breakfast show years ago, and we were told to get a sponsorship for the breakfast show. And I said, I'll go work for the break. I'll, if we try to get a sponsor, I'll go and work for the sponsor for a week as like a promotional thing to try and bring them on board. Salesperson got back to me. He said, we've got a sponsor for you. It's L and Thomas Funeral Directors. I was like, can we please have the breakfast show sponsored by Funeral Directors? Because that kind of kills the day before anything else. A lot of time with salespeople, they just want to sell. <laughs> Regardless of the actual content. <laughs> True story. Ooh. Anyway, Math, where are we? We are here with Chris Jericho, who also knows how to sell a thing or two to a thing or two, with a crap new shirt with his face on. I have on. that written down too. <laughs> Gross shirt of Jericho's face uh, sitting on the crapper. And the text reads, I, I couldn't read it very well, but I'll just be, ah, and underneath, ah. So not, not a good one here. Uh, Chris Jericho is fresh off passing out during the submission match at Judgment Day 2000 uh, against Chris Benoit. He's the Ayatollah of COVID roller, but Hardcore Holly interrupts <laughs> his spiel and wait, hey, we all sat down. Everyone, it's Val Venus, but with a haircut, yay! <laughs> oh no, wait, he's just gonna tie it back. Don't read this on the podcast, oh Christ. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. Uh, but it looked like he was turning into his his summer of 2000 final form here because he had looked like he had his hair all the way back and he was stomping out to the ring with a with a with a proper bit of menace mm. to him because he 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 bins off all like the the porn star shtick by the summer and just becomes like generic angry mid Carter and he's started turning into that at this point. They, they should yes. have, like, still had the porn star gimmick, but, like, I don't know, like, he's a porn star, but he got, like, fired from the job. Like, they should have kept it a bit longer, but, like, changed it in some way, because I remember getting really, really bored with him, like, when he stopped the when he stopped being the porn star, because then, then like, it's exactly what you said. He's just this ang generic, angry uh, mid-carter, and there's really nothing special about him. Uh, yeah, that was the issue. Val Venus has come back after a few months of being injured and marrying Edge's sister. And he's doing all these probos where, I'm Val Venus and I'm back. <laughs> and, but he's not That's doing really the porn creepy. star thing. So, and I'm it's, back. You guys cheered for me when I was feuding with my cock in 99. <laughs> well, I'm back, but I'm without my cock. And we're like, great, we only cared about your dick, mate. You were just a bunch of puns. <laughs> And yeah, people aren't exactly biting <laughs> on Val Venus without the porn star. Uh, so 
yeah, they did figure out maybe a haircut would be good for him and that wasn't quite enough. But they are still giving him a chance, which is nice to see because nowadays they would have cut his legs off and go, well, there you go, <laughs> learn to swim. Uh, but it's a triple threat match with Hardcore Holly, who I will always love, and especially around this period. Does he deserve an IC title shot? Absolutely not, but he's cool as hell and he has the best dropkick in wrestling, so it's okay. Told an amazing story about him on the Raw Review podcast uh, just Ooh. the other day, uh, where it was from '95. He just it was uh, it was him and One Two Three Kid. They were they were taping like three or four weeks of worth of Raw on the same night, and Holly and One Two Three Kid started the night facing the smoking guns, losing the tag belts, and Holly got a concussion in that match. Like just at the very end, he got a concussion, and they had to do this promo afterwards, and he could barely talk. He went backstage, and Pat Patterson saw him, and he was like, "Are you okay?" and and Holly said, I can't remember where the dressing room is. And Pat went, oh, no, well, you've got to go back out in half an hour. You'll be all right. And Holly went, yeah, I'll be fine. So Holly wrestled like another three weeks worth of Raw with, with a sodding concussion because that's nowadays WWE for all. Like, then they're, they're, they're certainly not saints. But if somebody looks like they're hurting a match, they will they'll bring the match to a halt and they'll figure it out. But, like, back then, the idea of... Like, it horrified me, the thought of... And he wrote about it in his book, so Holly got concussed, and then just went, I didn't want to say no, and I wasn't very well. So I went back out, did another three weeks' worth of tapings, and then drove myself to the hospital with a concussion! That's because... Mentalist. That's because he used Midas Go! <laughs> Stridex! <laughs> <laughs> got rid of the biggest spot, the one between my I've shoulders. I've got an empty head, but a full wallet. No. <laughs> <laughs> but you love Holly, don't I you? I do, and I love him even more. After he had a concussion, he was still able to beat three nobodies on Raw. What a man, ladies and gentlemen. In the days before concussion <laughs> and head injury was a thing, Hardcore Holly was hardcore. I thought you were going to say, like, it's amazing because he was concussed and was still able to beat. And then I thought you were going to say Daikatana. <laughs> <laughs> it went, my God, Hardcore, how are you? Would you buy Daikatana at full recommended retail price? He goes, that sounds like a good idea because John Romero did make Doom. He goes, oh, my God, Hardcore, you can't can't go out there. <laughs> Send him to hospital immediately. Get this man some Midas stat. It's, <laughs> it's a triple threat match, and it's as clunky as Val Venus's entire gimmick right now, where he's the porn star of our porn. So I mean, really, if you if you put in your tax return form, I'm a porn star, but you're not getting laid. Are you really a porn star? No, but you will get a rebate. I, I get a massive rebate. <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't do that anymore, so he's just boring. Anyway, Hardcore gets the third power bump of the night, as M Muscles called <laughs> Hardcore takes the usual, his brutal, regular bump. He's taken a few times on SmackDown where he'd get Irish whipped in the ring post on the outside and he takes it like it was clotheslining him. Is there any... I can't believe this man will get concussed on a Monday Night Raw in 95. This just doesn't sound real. <laughs> uh, more clunky LJN action figure action happens until Jericho gets the walls and the ropes like on Hardcore Holly like he did at Judgment Day so it wasn't just a one-off thing and it is a cool visual even though I has got to hope it will get in the submission because he is technically in the ropes. Uh, Val Venus gets the Blue Thunder Bomb which was his burning hammer that was nearly it, but Jericho covers Val Venus after Lion Salt, but Hardcore flies over the top with the leg drop and pins Venus. Yeah, Hardcore! And I've done exclamation mark, exclamation mark, 1-1 one, one here, so I was clearly very invigorated by that. Mr. McMuscles, what did you think of this three-way? Um, you know, you, you called it clunky, and it, it kind of was, because well, all three guys, I mean, Jericho, obviously, 
you know, a bit ahead of them in terms of in-ring stuff. But, yeah, it's kind of clunky between all three of them. Money line from Waller, though, after uh, Hardcore's dropkick. Anyone at home thinking about dropkicking, that's how you do it. Vince should dropkick Linda. Please book that. I want to see Vince dropkick Linda. And I was also thinking that a great name for a podcast that's exclusively about dropkicking would be called Thinking About Dropkicking. I think that's, I think that's, (laughs) don't steal that from me. Um, Yeah, and then Hardcore wins and the crowd goes mild. (laughs) No reaction (laughs) at all. Now, this whole thing, this was just, this was to fight for the number one contender for the Intercontinental Talk, right? I think so, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> think so. Unfortunately so. Um, okay, was, okay we'll, we'll talk about it later in, in the show because the match that happens later. But I was just like, uh, okay, <laughs> so we're fighting for that. What's weird is that like it, it, to fight for the to be the number one contender, it's just random. Just whenever any 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 of the booking says, okay, well, we need some type of storyline here. Let's just go back to who needs to be the number one contendership. And then sometimes, like, no one is the number one contender. People just get random uh, bookings to fight the champion sometimes. Like, it's just whenever they want. So even as a kid, I was kind of, like, always confused about that. Like, how come we're not talking about the number one contender to, like, for this title or that title? It's just where whenever they wanted to do it. But even as a kid, I was like, this uh, organization doesn't seem very organized at all. Like, I don't even, I'm not even sure they know what they're doing. <laughs> I want to see more fights for the number two contendership. Yeah, because uh, two is straight after one. It's just as important. Exactly. I seem to remember in 99, I think we talked about it, Baff, like the Hardy Boys when they were managed by Michael Hayes. And there was a series of matches they had on WWF Metal slash WWF Jacked. Yeah, I know, right? Hell of a show. And um, and and there was I, I definitely recall them saying, "Oh, this will put them like number two in line for a shot at the tag titles." And I never heard that turn of phrase again. And I like the idea of like a ranking system. They've they toyed with it before in WWE, and then they just get bored yeah. and they just bin it off. Yeah, I think this is the period where again, because the continuity is fantastic around this period and i keep on saying this because it's bloody true and it makes you appreciate how crap modern day wwe is it's a negative of watching 2000 stuff but things are naturally in there as nature intended you know val venus is going to be absolutely nowhere near the triple h world title scene so you know he's going to be next to jericho and hardcore holly jericho's obviously there with benoit and others and it's they have their natural way of finding each other this that they're definitely in that feud they're definitely doing their storylines and they're not going to converge and if they are it's not going to mean much anyway i wasn't very excited to say but i just thought i'd say something that, that wasn't <laughs> no, stupid. It was no. there we go let's <laughs> <laughs> try next and this follows more exciting gel briscoe action press the button on his back and he talks to mr mcmahon <laughs> and that was it. Okay, well, that does bring us through to another smack of the night. Brought to our old favourite, Metacuts. That's right. Yay! Banned by the FDA in 2004. No. <laughs> Possibility of giving a stroke increases with Metacuts. No. It's The Rock being up Vince again, putting in the limo and saying bye bye. Metacuts. Why is this on the network? No. <laughs> <laughs> Metacut, you seriously telling me you can't get Kid Rock's music for Undertaker, but you can get the license <laughs> for this? Metacut. Do it. 
50 books is 50 books. No. <laughs> Medica, you've done it now. <laughs> Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Before we get back to the podcast, want to say hello to a few friends of ours. We are the main event of WrestleCrate next month. You'll get an exclusive Cultaholic t-shirt in November's WrestleCrate. If you sign up now using the code word Cultaholic, you'll get an autographed bundle with your next mystery box. Sign up now at wrestlecrate.co.uk. Also, go to cultaholic.com forward slash audible to get yourselves a free wrestling audio book on us. Big old selection of them there. Sign up with Audible for 30 days, absolutely free. Even if you cancel, you keep the audio book that we gave you. Cultaholic.com forward slash audible and cultaholicshop.com. There are a few of the first run lines left, but once they are gone, they are gone. New lines coming soon at cultaholicshop.com. This man talks to The Rock, who's just showed up. Not a very good model employee, is he? And very late. he knows he's mad at him. He knows The Rock has many reasons to dislike Vince, but you know they have a common enemy now with The Undertaker, who did cost The Rock his title at Judgment Day, just saying. So you know what? Vince is going to give The Rock the night off. Rock agrees, and uh, Vince says, look, you can go anywhere you like. You can even use my limo. And Rock goes, oh, okay, I'll go. Now. Vince, Vince. Vince, come here, come here. I need to tell you something. He comes close and he gives him a happy slap. And then the limo knows when, when exactly to drive away. Vince is mad, but at least that's one guy out the way. 
Now I just need to watch out for, oh my God, there he is. It's the Undertaker. And he's walking. <laughs> he just forgot where he parked. So it is. He's like, oh, you guys are shooting? I, oh, oh. oh I was parked in Midian 32. One of these, uh, it's one of these floors. I can't remember which. Hey, yo, Vince, where can I get this ticket stuff? <laughs> <laughs> do you validate parking? There's a left-handed emporium up there that do. <laughs> 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 this brings us unexcitedly to Matt Hardy versus S.A. Rios, sponsored by the Blacktop Footlocker and Metaform, full of illegal <laughs> kidney-destroying goodness. <laughs> this will elevate your liver enzymes. Yeah. Metaform. It'll do nothing for excitement levels, but your kidneys will be up there like a giraffe's vagina. <laughs> S.A. was caught chilling with the hose on Raw. There's a sentence. <laughs> that is a line that you can only use during the... Yeah, like, it's like everyday occurrence. So Lita costs him his tag match with the Godfather against the Radicals. Oh, the tag team that could have been S.A. Rios and the Godfather. <laughs> what would you have called them? God only knows. When there needs to be something about S.A. Rios to be able to call half the tag team yeah. something to, to do um, with them. Moonsault. Santa Bogito. Moonsault and Pepper. Lucha Hose? <laughs> Lucha Hose Party. Ooh. Lucha Hose Party! Oh, fantastic. Well done. <laughs> Flippy stuff here from S.A. who could do lots of cool moves, but has little in between. He's all base and no trouble. S.A. bonks into Lita and gets distracted and loses to Matt Hardy's twist of fate. And after the fourth powerbomb of the night, S.A. takes his frustrations out on Lita and lands the S.A. Rios moonsault, as made famous by anyone who's played No Mercy 64, mm -hmm. which leaves the Hardy boys to return to make the save and leave with Lita. Lita and the Hardy boys. Pfft, like that'll ever work. <laughs> <laughs> this is, you, this has to be a historic SmackDown, right? Because this is this is like you know the the transition of 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 Lita and I swear Lita and Rios existed for two and three quarters of a week. I I, I just remember two matches with them ever, and then she was just with the Hardy Boys because I hadn't seen the SmackDown right. Because I, I didn't even get access to it. So, like, the next time I saw Lita, she just with the Hardy Boys. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes more sense, I guess. But it's I was just watching this. I'm like, oh, my God, this is this is the episode where she actually uh, switches over to the, the Hardy Boys, I guess. And I thought it was really funny where she's dumped out, right? And she's crying over her wailing, like, cries of pain. Matt and Jeff look at her and just walk away. They don't even they don't even help her at that moment. And what? She takes like a power bomb and like something else and then they show up for the save. Like she got battered really hard before they they jumped in and they had the opportunity to do something there. Like it's a valet and it's and it's right it's not even like an evil valet. So uh they could have helped her up and I just I just thought that was really funny. They just they just they see her on the floor, writhing in pain, and they just walk away. I just thought, ah, she'll be right. She'll be all right. It's it's it, sometimes when you, when you're on a night out and there's a girl crying and all her makeup's running and she's drinking, <laughs> and part of you goes, she'll be all right. I think. Don't worry, folks. And then it's, she'll get all the help she needs. <laughs> in the name of the... <laughs> 
<laughs> God, then they hold her. When, when the Hardy Boys take her away, they're holding her so awkwardly. They he, Jeff throws her over his shoulder like a sack of potatoes. And Matt's kind of helping. And she's bracing one of her hands on Matt's ass, foreshadowing. And, like, <laughs> why are you holding her like that? Like, if you're, like, the valiant kind of baby face picking her up just scoop her up with like you know your your hand under her under her knees and under her back why are you throwing her over like it's kind of weird to me I, I guess they didn't quite decide who was going to carry her well she spent so much time carrying S.A. Rio she wasn't used to it either <laughs> <laughs> well, unintentionally humorous that S.A. was absolutely destroying Lita here and obviously She's a smaller woman compared to S.A. The Hardys make the triumphant save and do one kind of awkward-looking double-team and then leave S.A. It's like, wait a minute, he's just battered leader. Bender and Harvard's like, here we go. Here's an awkward, unfinished Rock and Roll Express double-team from 83. All right, you're done. And yeah, I think this was the exact moment, the changing of the guard, if you will, from as soon as Lita left S.A., everyone looked at S.A. and went, you know what? You need to go back in the oven, mate. You're just not quite ready. You're not quite with it yet. And this is something that's sucked about rewatching watching Smackdown. There was of brilliance, though. Yes. It wasn't terrible. Not terrible, but almost like when Sin Cara came in, S.A. was good with people he could work with. There just wasn't a lot of people he could work with very well. So, mm. But there's but also let... nothing about him. Like, I'm S.A. Rios, I jump. And, you know, like, it's, it's what, what anyone that kind of has any training in Lucha sort of starts with, at least. But, like, did, did he have promos? I don't even remember. No, he just sort of turned up. And and I think that was I think it was I think Gilberg had a, a challenge for the light heavyweight championship. He just walked out and went, I've been the champion for a year. Where is everybody? <laughs> and S.A. Rios walked out with Lita and beat him in like a minute. And then and off to the races we go. Like ta-da, that is how and he came in just at the right time because one that we've talked about this a few times about on the podcast is that we're in a really cool time for wrestling, especially if you're a fan of video games. Because mm-hmm. it's in the it's in these this period of time, this few months they are motion capping no mercy oh cool and you can see the moves like the and, and the angles that they put in no mercy you see them happening in front of you here like Shane McMahon's flying chair shot which makes it into the game China swinging the roses with the lead pipe in the middle that makes it into the game it's really cool to see stuff like that like all these little moments that get into no mercy they're happening in real time yeah because no mercy was 2001 when it came out I think Christmas 2000, Christmas 2000. okay 2000. so yeah they're they're definitely like been been mocapping all year all i remember from mocapping was like that that was stated publicly was that the hardy boys did all the mocap for wf war zone and attitude maybe that's right um they should have done a better job though though because <laughs> war zone and attitude yeah that was uh but at the time we were quite blessed yeah. they felt like big deals then and then like you know everyone played revenge and went this is just a better mm-hmm. game should we just have that instead and the rest was history. Rather like this podcast. Uh, back to more, more McMahon filler. All the meta cuts that feed in the script of all this filler. Uh, Triple H <laughs> says Shane should fight Undertaker tonight because he's a giant killer after killing the big show, which you get to later on. Shane looks very mortified at the idea, but he hasn't got time to be mortified because the two cool, the two cool, well done, Matthew, two cool and the Dudleys versus TNA and DX is next. Uh, TNA won a tables match at Judgment Day to keep on hurting the Dudleys, a revenge for what they did to Trish Stratus all those months ago. Crowd chant for tables as they want that evil Tory to get hers as well, as this is during the period where the Dudleys 
weren't supposed to be bad guys, but were getting such deafening pops for putting women through tables that the crowd couldn't help but cheer them. And once again, we say in this podcast, the PTC did nothing wrong. <laughs> anyway, Tess starts off with Scotty Too Hotty as the crowd chants X Pac sucks. Tess even causes the crowd to glitch. <laughs> Tess is a bit of a favourite. And, and it kind of, it's just trying to explain this. It's always fun trying to explain an in joke, but we're going to do our best. Um, how did th- this started? randomly last year when we decided it was that was it it was after Smackdown where Test was playing the N64 oh, shit. and the whole the whole thing of the night was like Steph was trying to get his attention because she was planning the wedding she's like Andrew come and help with the wedding and he's like I'll be there in a minute and he's playing like No Mercy on the N64 and he's just at this point he's just a simpering asshole. is Test like they want to make him out to be this this lovely baby face but he's, a, he's just a simpering idiot and we just decided that he should just spend every night backstage stage play again 64 but playing it really crap so we just keep cutting back to the locker room and he's just there going Steph I can't get Yoshi on Mario 64 <laughs> <laughs> Steph how do I win on penny races yeah it was worth mentioning Test was playing as Test against Triple H on Wrestlemania 2000 oh 64 and he was losing <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna play if you have the audacity to play as yourself in a video game you need to at least win nerds turn to video games because they're losing at life nerds don't play video games to lose as well (laughs) so to see a giant man like Tess doing this was great and it's inspired so many stupid memes about how nerdy we could get which seems appropriate for you Matt (laughs) I think we start off with stuff like Steph I can't get past Mido and Kakari Forest (laughs) (laughs) okay all right Uh, Steph I can't find the right vehicle let me complete this level in body harvest oh wow (laughs) I know you wouldn't disappoint man I'm lost in this level of shadow man (laughs) Steph I was gonna have to use the fireball piece in wet Steph, I dropped, I dropped my, I dropped my primer guide for Final Fantasy X in the bath, and now it's all stuck together. Steph, D'Lo is cheating in Iggy's wrecking balls. Oh. <laughs> Steph, when's Clay Fighter '63 the third gonna be back at Blockbuster? Cause I wanna play it. I didn't get the sculptor's cut. <laughs> All right. Steph, what's Daikatana? <laughs> I, was, I was planning to go to Daikatana, but I'm like, no, 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 no body harvest. Oh, whoa. <laughs> oh, God. There's, so, there's something see. with the... Oh. It's, it's like, can't beat Mutilator at the end of Biofreak. Oh. <laughs> how, how crap you can get him. Uh... The crapper you get it, and yeah. the, the more obscure the N64 game, oh. or, or game of that ilk, the better. Steph, I can't beat Ultra Mega Mega Man in South Park 64. <laughs> <laughs> that one's based on real life, sorry. We've got to do about wrestling again yeah. now, sadly. So, yeah, it sucks when the wrestling has to come back. <laughs> Test, put your N64 away. Uh, go, go fight. TNA are aligned I just... uh, with DX because they're both sharing that baddy locker room. Like in the If You Only Knew music video from the 80s. Is it labelled baddie locker yeah, it, room? it says villains come in or something on the front. X-Pac misses the Bronco Buster but manages to not explode his ass this time. Well done, mate. <laughs> it all breaks down. Holly hits the worm on dog as the crowd goes banana. Sexay hits the hip-hop drop but X-Pac runs in and decides to take the Devon head to the balls. And then TNA run in and take out the ref. So then Road Dog hits Stretch Armstrong, 
which is enough for Rikishi to do a walk in and explodes his ass over X-Pac, leading the Duds hitting the 3D and the ref covering for the win. Good, clean, crazy finish fun. And then the Dudleys dance. That's a good match. With Bubba doing his white guy dancing he practiced so hard in ECW. <laughs> and Kevin Dunn loves it so much, we get Pyro for some reason. <laughs> yeah. He says the he did the secret code that unlocked. Um, it took him from, from very good to excellent. And it meant he could just freestyle rap on his own. <laughs> Steph, I can't chop chop with Master Onion. <laughs> Man, you're so good. I'm going to lose money with students <laughs> like you. And then Bubba Ray is just dancing on his own. John, oh, Bubba Ray Dudley and Parappa the Rapper. <laughs> Thanks, John. <laughs> and then, and then, and then can we have Matthew in the, in the car driving level? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Next time we have a driving test, Math, I want you to be thinking of step on the gas. Step on the gas. <laughs> Mate, a t- quick story. So today I had another driving lesson. And it was going well, but this is, I'm understanding the instructor a bit more and more. And no, they're not a giant moose, by the way. But today. <laughs> I get your money yeah, back, though. Uh, today, the dude went, well, you know, it has been raining, so make sure you slow down. So, all right, so slow down. And then he wanted me to slow down some more. So he said, you know, go, go. Come on, go. I went, oh, all right. So I sped up. And he went, no, no, I meant go, go slower. I went, mate, don't say go, go slower. All right, man, time to hit the brakes. Like, that doesn't that doesn't work, mate. There's no song that ever exists about, you know, break, break, break. I'm going to take my time. Ta-da. I have to say, first of all, uh, them playing the Kings of Rock remix of the DX theme when oh. DX came out. Just, oh, oh, that is a time capsule. WWE aggression in stores now, by the way. Um, Tori. Tori, to me, is the bottom of the diva barrel. Like, I, I, I would, she is the mucky diva juice at just at, at, like i can't uh, uh um god uh ivory jacqueline well above tori like i never understood what she was there for i didn't find just i i i i'll kind of just didn't want to watch the match when i saw her come out and i forgot that she was even with dx all i remember is a tori on her own then she was with kane i think and then that was it i don't like I, the, the, her whole stint in DX, I had no memory of, which is weird. Um, I think I know exactly what Too Too Cool's aesthetic really is. Like I know exactly where they fit in. They're a background NPC in a scary movie film, where they're just <laughs> dancing or they're in a party scene. And I just look at I just look at Grandmaster Sexay, and I see the fake braids and the goggles and the hat. And I'm just like, you you are, yeah, you're in a scary movie or someone went to create a wrestler and pressed random and just, just got the, him. Is he the guy that's going, Harry the Hatchet's just a myth. <laughs> come on, come <laughs> drink. Exactly, exactly what that is. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, Freddy versus Jason is also a movie where there's a bunch of party ravers in that scene in the cornfield. And like, again, yeah. Too Cool just fits in with such that early 2000s uh, sort of look and I mean I'm not going to lie uh, yeah, the, the, the match was still pretty entertaining regardless of, of just the Tory factor I guess <laughs> and I can't believe they get did, did, did Too Cool regularly get Pyro for the dance I think when Rikishi did it with them a couple of times they got oh. Pyro it was it was at this point it was it was right now they were they were white they were. hot they were like the, this is the, the highest they'd ever been and it's like 
they were they were riding a wave at this point. And I imagine like every so often they got pyro. I think every so often they got pyro, but it wasn't every time. If Rikishi was there, they definitely okay. got So pyro, I guess because sure. um there's a special occasion and the Dudley boys started dancing and get I was like, how much does pyro cost? Is it worth it for 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 the pop of of the dance, I guess? It's just like you're spending pyro on too cool. It just seems like I don't know, you'd we're spending a rate of ten thousand dollars per show on pyro. What the hell? It just, it, just seemed, it just seemed a little extra. Like maybe I don't pay per view, you know, but like random SmackDown. Eh. But uh, yeah, no, still, still a fun match. I was, I was kind of shocked it wasn't uh, also a DQ. <laughs> these, uh, these four guys, like uh, Scotty, Sexay, Bubba, and Devon, they did a, they did an angle at the end of a SmackDown recently, which saw like the Rock rallying the good guys against the regime and like too cool and rikishi and the dudleys were out there and then you realize like as over as these guys are how thin like elements of the roster mm. are which probably explains like the the keenness to have the undertaker come back into a feature role because like too cool is over dudleys are over but like wow that's like that's your top echelon dudley's been headlining loads of episodes of smackdown as we've been doing this so there's there's a, there's a thinness at the top which explains undertaker's return okay Absolutely, yes. This is during the time where Austin has been out since Survivor Series 99 because his neck finally said, no, I've had enough. The Rock has been filming some bits for The Mummy Returns. Yay, worth it. And Mick Foley's just retired. So, yeah, Undertaker couldn't have come back quick enough. And Dudley's have been main event, and that's why they're all right teaming up with the two dudes who get all the exposition, the horror film, they just come out and go, man, can you believe the principal said we still have to come to school even though that guy with the hockey mask's been killing everybody? <laughs> and then the main character goes, yes, and just moves on. <laughs> and now, RC Edge Maximum Power Cola Caffeine of the Week. <laughs> it's uh, Scotty Too Hotty getting pinned on roll. That was RC Edge Maximum Power Cola Dual Analog Shock Edition of the Week. <laughs> I love a drink. That's, I only drink Jewel Shock drinks these days. Well, I mean, everyone should, Tom. It's not the D-pad drinks I used to drink when I was a kid. I want Jewel Shock analog drinks <laughs> yeah. now. The only thing I can imagine what happens when you drink RC Maximum Power is that your little POW gauge at the bottom of Samurai Showdown <laughs> fills up. You just turn red. When you drink RC Cola, you just <laughs> yeah. when you drink RC, you just you just miss Coke. <laughs> <laughs> that's Gangrel's new thing. He's no longer a vampire. He's a Coke magnet. <laughs> He's. <laughs> I want. I want this new look Gangrel that they're repackaging. Apparently, I want him to spit RC Edge Maximum Cola. Into it the burns. Yeah. <laughs> you, I would have preferred the blood. <laughs> it just tastes nothing. It tastes very. It's average. just orange juice it. with wasabi. It burns. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to lie, Gangrel. We're making so much money, everyone wants to sponsor us. So they're sponsoring a wrestler. Really? Say, yes. Uh, you're now the RC Power Edge Gangrel. What are White Wolf going to say about this? Who? The, the company that I, I'm kind of... Don't worry about it. We'll just buy them. In a, don't worry. We'll just rename you RC Edge yeah. Maximum Cola. Instead. We'll just spell your name if wrong. If only we knew. Gragrel. Gangrel. Gangrel. If only we knew what an RC-sponsored Gangrel looked like. John? <laughs> Gangrel sponsored by RC Edge Maximum Cola, please. Thank you. John's currently the hardest working man out of you two. <laughs> <laughs> He's grafting this week, is John. So He's grafting. He's definitely earning that money. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, here's Kurt Angle. Put him on coffee. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. 
I was going to say, if they still have the license to White Wolf, which I think they had for a couple years, maybe he would just change vampire clan allegiances. Like, he'd be one of the other ones. Because there's, like, a million, like, vampire clans in the White Wolf, like, uh, whatever oh. universe, I guess. So I, I could see them, like, I don't know, doing the vampire thing again. Just, you know, change, uh, uh, tweak it or whatever. Because how are you supposed to repackage him as anything else? Like, you would actually have to put a mask on him and make people know that he's not Gangrel. Because, yeah, he can't be a zombie or a friend. Or Frankenstein, like he's just to go through all of the universal backlog of monsters. He's a merman. <laughs> That'd be great, though. I guess. Based on what you said just then, um, Matt, I've pulled up the list of the White Wolf clans. Oh, there you go. Um, so we could, have, so instead of Gangrel, we could have had Banu Hagim, <laughs> Bruja, Hecata, La Sombra. La Sombra would be quite good. Uh, Malkavian. Ministry, we've got one of them. Nosferatu, bit cliche. Ravnos, Toriador, which sounds a bit like Toriomos. Uh, Tremere, Zimichi, and Ventru. So take your pick. Malkavian sounds cool. Malkavian's a good one. Malkavian, I like that one. Math, which one do you want? No, I like McMuscle's earlier idea of having him be one of the <laughs> universal monsters, and he could be the creature from the RC yeah. Maximum Power Lagoon. <laughs> 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 uh, I've come to drink your mediocre coke. <laughs> anyway, his guy is his, his gangrel. Jesus Christ! Sorry, I'm picturing him looking like old Greg from the oh. Mighty Boosh. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Do you want to drink Arsy Edge Cola out of a shoe? Do you love me? Watch out! Watch out, Lola! He's going to hit him with his fishman suplex. <laughs> Time to move on. Here's Kurt Angle. Yep. <laughs> He's an Olympian, and no one can understand the high goals and standards he sets himself. So Kurt needs gold around his waist again. The bad news is the people here don't have much to live for. But the good <laughs> news is they'll always remember the new IC champion. Angle during He's his so period. good at this point. Yeah, it needs to be so paused yeah. for that and just say how good Kurt was because he really was the completely unassuming, unaware, like almost a, a, almost a parody, but just touched up a bit of the 80s hero you'd get in wrestling. Like, yeah, everyone be good and, you know, tip your driver and say thanks to your mum and all the things that you're supposed to do in the 80s. Um, but here it's it works so well. The crowd hates him so much and he's so good at it. Uh, and he's taking on Chris Benoit. He wasn't a very nice person. And Jesus Christ, I've been typed on here, even though I've seen it loads of times. The body on Chris Benoit. Uh, Roadrunner would have only lasted two episodes if Wiley e. Coyote had had those traps. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of stiff action. But sadly, it's the year of our Lord 2000. Crowd is only gradually getting into the whole, ooh, actual wrestling thing. And also, it's heel versus heel, or as we say on certain parts of this cultaholic place, diddler versus diddler. So crowd isn't that much into it. Then beloved good guy babyface, Hardcore Holly, runs in and hits Kurt Angle with a chair for the DQ. <laughs> and then Benoit returns the favour from Monday by blasting Hardcore Holly with the chair and yells, it's dunk. What? <laughs> I don't know why I felt the need to type the Dunkachino reference in, but it has been going okay. through my head quite a lot. <laughs> I'm subscribed to that Twitter account that gives you a daily Dunkachino video. Right, 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 right. I'm familiar. Yeah, um, so we're going to miss there. Yeah. But what did you think about concussion, Matt and Muscles? 
just to go back on Kurt a little bit, it's like they really saw very quickly that, you know, because when Kurt first showed up, it was like, you know, this is a straight up baby face. You should probably cheer him. I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like within like a month or two, like as soon as he started getting booed, uh, started getting booed, they like quickly pivoted to make it into more of a parody and that he's a baby. He's a heel that thinks he's the he, he's a baby face. So and that's why he got so good is because I'm like this, uh, you know, paragon of virtue and you must love me. But I is that like a correct? like summary of, of how they kind of change his character uh, ever so slightly, but like really, really importantly and, and to how he became such a good, cause I, was there any other character like that before this, that was, you know, a, a heel pretending to be a baby face or thought he was. There was honky tonk man back in yes. the eighties. Mm. It was very much. Thank you very much. You've been a great audience. Yeah. And he, and he said it with, with a lot of conviction, but like it's, you wouldn't, this is quite nuanced because there's an element of of Angle's character that is a a parody of Hogan, mm. like the idea of this like this wholesome leader type person who's who is so, who, who deep down is very resentful of everybody and thinks he's getting away with it. He thinks that he thinks he's doing a really good aside, but really he's just doing a complete affront. And there hasn't been many like that because WWE have always been a bit. They always liked their good guys to be good guys yeah. the bad guys to be bad guys until Austin came along and changed that rhetoric altogether so in a, in a weird way Angle is like the anti Steve Austin because whereas Austin is like inherently a bad guy with all bad guy properties and he's a good guy Angle is inherently a good guy with all good guy properties but he's a bad guy the chaotic neutral yeah <laughs> hmm. I'm no, not like a bad lawful. guy I'm not a good guy I'm an Olympic hero I'm the guy yeah I'm the big dog. Also, especially yeah, like, the honky tonk man whose gimmick was so good because he'd come out and he'd go, leg you, leg you, you beat a beautiful audience. And the crowd would go, boo. He goes, oh, there's no need for applause. I really appreciate it. The crowd would go, no, I'm booing you, you prick. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> this is the sound of boos. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, not much to say about the actual match. Uh, but yeah, they, I, you know, you retroactively go back and look at Angle. And uh, yeah, I hated Angle for like a good long while. Like I was supposed to um until he started doing more of the you know the comedy stuff and then you just you kind of always laughed at him but you know it's just so weird like in the ring absolute badass outside the ring always kind of a goofball coward or whatever such a such like you always got two different things with angle like you know really really amazing in-ring stuff and then you know really hilarious in whatever guys he whatever subtle guys he was changing it up to um, outside the ring so yeah not much to say but like you know but happy to see both uh angle and benoit and i was kind of annoyed when holly came in but eh, attitude error well they would close out the attitude era wouldn't they they do this they dance again at wrestlemania i'm sure they'll do it a few more times before then like and these two would eventually wear the crowd down and usher in that wrestling type era like wrestlemania 17 8 7, it was 17 where angle and benoit had the wrestling match and that was where the crowd went, oh, oh, this is good. And it was just like the last, the, the, the dying vestibules of the Attitude Era, where you have these two guys in the middle of the show wrestling. And that's where we finally start to see that turn towards not just smash and grab style, here's a finisher and a taunt type wrestling. And it's more like, here's some wrestling, some wrestling. 
so they'll get there. This is this is uh, as we say, math embryonic of things to come. Mm. It certainly is. On the front cover of Business Week, Linda McMahon and Kane in the ultimate version of this poly couple sees you at the bar and you think, hmm, maybe meme that keeps on going around my Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I guess this is just like a random photo op, like, oh, just get Kane on there. But there wasn't any storyline reason for him to be there. Like, he'd never really had any association with Linda, right? If you think my promo <laughs> skills are bad, you should talk to Linda for five minutes. I want a Netflix spin-off. <laughs> John, <laughs> I like to I see guess. the Kane and Linda show in, in the style of a 1950s sitcom. Kane, have you seen my portfolio for the important meeting I'm having with the investors? I thought it was my brother, The Undertaker, and I threw it in the fire. Uh. Oh, you. Oh, no. My my boss. Uh, me, I guess? I don't know who this boss would be at this point. I think she owns everything. <laughs> my boss me! <laughs> I'm coming home for dinner. It better be ready. Kane's like, oh, no. I better not accidentally not burnt this turkey with my flame powers. <laughs> Now, Kane, Auntie Belinda's coming round to pick up this very expensive vase. Make sure we don't drop it. Okay. Kane, sweetie, I'm busy uh, running WF right now, but our son wants a brand new copy of this Daikatana. You need to go down to the toy store and pick it up too sweet. But it shuts in 18 minutes, and it takes at least 30 on the A45. What am I going to do? <laughs> Undertaker comes with his bike. Oh, Uncle Taker will drive me. <laughs> I forgot my boss is coming over the same time he invited the village vicar to come over for my chest match. <laughs> so, Kane, tell me about your struggles and also answer the question to this business meeting that your boss wants you to attend. And it's just Kane going, The flames, the flames, it never stops the pain. <laughs> I've accidentally booked two restaurants. <laughs> one for my anniversary, one for my boss with the promotion. Oh, God. I'll have to run back and forth all night. I have a low like, metabolism. Oh, I can't eat two meals in one night. Oh, <laughs> it. I'll just burn one to the ground. <laughs> Wait, who's that with a copy of De Katana? It's hit UPN Network star Shasta McNasty. <laughs> what are you doing here, Shasta? <laughs> Now, Kane, I've wrapped two presents. One of them is Daikatana for your nephew. The other is an aggressive porn film for Vince. Don't get them mixed up. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> and it's, it's been some... I'm going, oh, that's gotta be Kane. <laughs> that's what the sitcom's called. That's gotta be Kane. Yeah, yeah. No, that's it. That's settled, confirmed. <laughs> Oh. Uh, That's gotta be Kane. He's like, you have to oh, talk God, to our son. I got Kane. My he's addicted. <laughs> Kane, you have to talk to our son because he's addicted to hentai. <laughs> what the hell oh, is there's that? There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> it's perfectly natural. I, oh, I, I've been reading hentai all. <laughs> The kids have to learn about hentai or tech war sooner or later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Honey, it's that or they become a juggalo. I smudged the covers with both of these VHS tapes. One of them was hentai, the other said tech war. I can't quite tell anymore. William Shatner's on the cover of both. <laughs> like, in old in old VHS stores, there is this old one, like a mom and pops one. And they had they had a hentai Kane section. That, <laughs> they had a hentai section that was just out there. Like it wasn't hidden behind like a triple X sign. It was next to the Disney section because oh. whoever put it put it down was like oh it's cartoons right and all of these would would be advertising porn stars as the voice as the dub for the, for the hentai and i'm like why because they're not act like they're not like writ like spoken word actors like you're not watching porn stars for their acting ability like in terms of dialogue and you know Speak like for yourself it, <laughs> and I, as and like I, I'm like I don't know like 16 at this time and even I'm looking up and I'm like this is fucked up that, that these are right here like I'm, I'm like ha thank you for like letting me just rent these without even you checking to see if I'm allowed because it did say like 18 and over and I wasn't at at the time but I was just like that's so weird like why why and not too far from this fucking video store there was a sushi restaurant i shit you not called hentai just straight up just how it's written <laughs> and i'm like i always think about that place like did the guy know did he just search up like japanese words on google and just like oh that's a japanese word didn't know or maybe he's laughing his ass off all the time people are coming in people are calling up like hey can i make a reservation for hentai and he's like Bleh. I always wonder about that man to this day. Oh. I, it wouldn't L surprise Linda. me if there's people walking. <laughs> oh no! Here we go. Sorry about the delay that they were on the screen. But Linda, remember when we got married at Hente? <laughs> Our and photos on the wall. That, you gave me that limited edition Daikatana. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And, now, the, and the darkness came. trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Don't ask about now, that. Now, <laughs> I hope you're now recovered from your ear operation, Kane, and you can hear better. Now, here are some eggs. Take them to the hen tent. <laughs> the, 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 okay, the hen tent. <laughs> I'm on my way. Weird to take eggs there, but okay. <laughs> I don't hentai. judge. I need to bring them. <laughs> nope. You do what you gotta do. <laughs> Whatever it takes and at the end to of the episode, get you to where you need to go. <laughs> at the end of the episode, Kane's like, uh, so I had to defeat Shasta McNasty at the charity wrestling event with my brother, The Undertaker, as the special guest enforcer, while the gay guy from Third Rock from the Sun was also there. Phew. God, I got my copy of Decatana for my son. Also, this RC Power Cola. Here you go, son. Thanks, Dad. You're not my son. You're famous MC for Kid Rock, Joe C. That's right. That's gotta be Kane. Chris Martin from Coldplay. What are you doing here? That's mental. <laughs> Coldplay's greatest hits, you say? <laughs> yeah, what would a Montreal 2000 uh, star be at this point, Matt Muscle? Can we make a guest appearance on the show? Chris uh, Martin from Coldplay. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't have, we didn't have one. Oh. Nickelback. Uh, Canadian. Metallica when they sucked. 
if you want people to leave your party, just play Nickelback. Wayne Gretzky? Oh, the yeah. bass is from Mudvayne. <laughs> oh, my God. What are you doing in this restaurant? <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> That's mental. <laughs> That's, yeah, that, that has to be a line that regularly comes up in the show. That's mental. <laughs> <laughs> That's mental. <laughs> Sadly, this has nothing to do with Al Snow and Steve Pacman showing up. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Mood overs, the both uh, of them. Now, they're back together. Yes. I thought they were done as a team. I thought they were done. As did I, Tom. Uh, <laughs> they made a thing to uh, a segment where Steve Blackman says, no, I've had enough of this head cheese malarkey, um, which was a shame because they were getting quite a good reaction from the crowd. The joke being Al Snow is an idiot. And Steve Blackman is the serious one. So Al Snow would force him to put the head cheese head on and the crowd would go, head cheese, head cheese. And they had one rotten match at WrestleMania 2000 <laughs> and that was the end of the push. And Al Snow comes out dressed like Steve Blackman and Cole stresses that Al Snow is now more serious and focused. Oh, great. That's exactly what we need to build this team back up. And anyway, <laughs> he's taking on Bull Buchanan in a singles match. And the crowd naturally chants, boss man sucks. And there is a very small head cheese chant. It's not addressed. And wow, they absolutely killed this as soon as it wasn't going anyplace. So it's just Al Snow resting bull without any fun. As opposed to all those bull kind of matches with the fun. And eventually finishes Al with the scissors kick. And then boss man twats Blackman. And I've put down here, I can't believe a policeman would attack a black man for no reason. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> <sighs> I'm going to timestamp that. I'll see how I feel. That's fair I'll enough. Do the edit. Whether That's that fair enough. Err on the side of caution. I'm just going to timestamp Yeah, it of all the things we've said on this episode, when that I was definitely tomorrow. the thing I need to cut now. <laughs> I mean, it's a great gag. But... Yeah. Big, <laughs> big boss man being up a black man. That's mental. <laughs> <laughs> I might just have the podcast just be that's gotta be Kane. <laughs> I mean that's 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 enough really. Because you can visualize the rest of us. You can visualize it in your head. It's so easy. <laughs> Him that's doing the map my muscles pose where he's doing what happened. Um, Kane's got his arms out. <laughs> that's <Whoa>. mental. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what will happen. Um, I'll snow about the comedy. This... <laughs> Sorry, Kong. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Uh, highlight of this match for me was the before the match happened. Um, uh, hold on, I should. I should oh, that, that's the oh, that's <laughs> It's Kane. <laughs> um, yeah, let me let me take care of that. Yeah, sorry. Um, highlight of this match was not the match, but it's before when the, the announcers going, "Al Snow." Then I have King in a disappointed voice. Al Snow. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, he's surprised about the him. card. You probably have the card written down for you somewhere. It's Al Snow. Lola, I remember, I remember reading somewhere that Lola never wanted to know what happened during the show, and he wanted to call it on the fly. And I'm thinking, like, Jet, Lola and Jim Ross 
both near the end of like near the end of their heyday prescribed to that idea and jesus christ do they both need to be told what's happening now <laughs> they really both do at least be told but the back card, then it, you know at least yeah at least you want to know who's doing what <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's it yeah. that's it for me that's all. Oh, that's, yeah. that's it yeah. alan alan ball i don't know why i was expecting more uh, Tom, did you have any <laughs> thoughts on the disappointing end or ending, I guess, to Head Cheese? I don't. I, um, I'm sad to see the end of Head Cheese. I mean, this is they're, they're going out with a whimper, not a bang. As uh, the highlight, they were they were at least amusing. This was a strange way to sort of like rekindle them and then bin them off. Um, Bull Buchanan does an excellent Booker T scissor kick, though. He does. Just to put that out, he there. does his is uh three moves of doom is the leg drop the scissor kick and the jumping close the kip up close that's not right whatever he's some he's one minute he's on the floor one minute he's on the top rope clothesline also bossman does the generic manager entrance from most 2k games if you assign somebody a manager and they don't have an official animation they just sort of walk onto the they're already on the stage raising their hands in the air <laughs> so bossman does generic manager entrance here i've put in my notes Good times. And that mercifully brings us to the main event. Oh, Where Shane. No, no normal main oh, event. The no. pre-match for WrestleMania 30 flipping two. <laughs> oh, God, oh, I shit. haven't thought of that. And Matt Muscles was yeah. there for that. Yay. See, it all, it all comes yeah. together in the end, folks. Uh, Shane McMahon backstage was very uh, upset. He was worried, like, oh, no, The Undertaker's going to kill me. And Triple H really assures him, no, Undertakers don't kill people. The people die naturally, and then Undertakers bury them. And eventually Shane realizes, yeah, you're right. That's how Undertaker works. That's how the entire funeral industry works. I'm going to go take him on. And as he leaves, Vince McMahon compliments his son's grapefruit. Well, I'm glad they left out him. Crowd chants, Shane's a pussy, <laughs> while commentators ignore them and focus on the number of Shane's a Simba signs in the crowd as uh, they re reinforce the fact that because he's the, 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 whatever, lion's son of the pride, blah, blah, blah that he is the Simba. And I wonder if they got away with that because Vincent Mann didn't know what the Lion King was. And I'm sure he sure as soon as they were realised that is a trademark term that they had to stop doing it. But ignore all that. Jim shows replays of him sending Big Show all the way to OVW for a few months, uh, which is slang for fat camp, sadly, in Big Show's case, as him and Bob <laughs> Buchanan and Bossman and the other ne'er-do-wellers threw a load of cable on him and then killed him with a stereo system. Oh, where that was supposed so to I, be. I, I have written down uh, Shane knocks over boombox onto Big Show. Oh, good. Cue hilarious piped in Halloween spooky sound electricity sound effects. <laughs> they should have had the doom door noise again. <laughs> no, if it fell on him, it should have done the noise where you walk to a wall. It's just. <clears throat> oh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat> or like an imp dying when, when uh, Big Show goes back to OVW. <laughs> <laughs> and you should have been there when watching the watch along with others at judgment day because i didn't realize it was going to be fake so they were going towards all this electrical equipment and cables and i actually went at one point wow that looks really dangerous like are they really doing that and as soon as like bull went into one and it went it's like oh okay right okay thank you thank you for clarifying that's not actually real <laughs> <laughs> anyway you've done it now and fake crowd noise brings out the undertaker who with his duster and bandana is the coolest white dude to ever front a new metal band at this time in history and <laughs> shipman gets thrashed and then after a choke slam all of dx run into undertaker's punches 
like the Steven Seagal sketches on Mad TV. <laughs> the numbers get too high for Undertaker, crowd chant for Rocky. Those silly people, they clearly weren't watching earlier. He drove off because he had the night off. Oh, wait, here he is. Rocket Undertaker annihilate DX, <laughs> and then Undertaker <clears throat> drives his bike towards them to scare them off. The camera cuts away, so I'm sure that segment looks great on TV. And we look at Rock's face instead, and that's the end. Tom, what did you think? Uh, Undertaker's not quite ready to work a full match yet. So in the main event here, it wasn't really a full match. But it was nice. It was a nice welcome back for him with a brilliant choke slam. I want to point out the brilliant choke slam. And I want to point out the, the, the a move that Undertaker will perfect during 2000. And that is the tippy-toe tombstone. <laughs> hmm. Where he puts them in position and then takes a couple of little like twinkle toe Flintstone type footsteps forward before dropping them down. And he doesn't even have Look like his it. head in the right position or, or Shane's legs aren't in the right position. They're off to the side, which I was like, oh, okay. Mm. That I don't know whether that was to protect Shane, uh, whether it was safer to do it on the side or what. It looked it was a strange looking tombstone. He didn't want a stank ass in his face. <laughs> <laughs> right, what did you yeah, think was, of this? As a main event, it was short and dirty and fine. Um, yeah, like, you know, not much to it. And if I, cause I, I didn't, I didn't quite realize up until like, you know, a, a, a good deal into the show that like, Oh, Undertaker's like back, but he's not like wrestling back yet. Just, you know, needs, needs some tune up things. And this, this certainly was i don't okay in storyline why book shane versus the undertaker when you, you you can book anything right like they so why not just have all of dx and shane against the undertaker in like a handicap match you could have done that because they come out anyway so they all had zero faith in shane to begin with <laughs> so you're all waiting in the wings to do that anyhow so you could have done that and gotten you know, I mean, I guess DX had a match already in the evening, so I guess they don't need another thing. But it's just, it's just kind of like a weird extra step. Like, why just, just because Shane beat um, the big show, so they're just capitalizing on the giant killer thing, I guess. They have this thing at the moment where they love to pretend they've got you yeah. and they do the same thing over and over where they did it they did it for like three weeks in a row on smackdown where it, they would they would tease dissension in the ranks that would lead to one of them coming out alone or two of them about to square off and then it end up being ah hit the rock instead lol it was a gag we're all kidding and i feel like it's here again where they've done that where they've gone hey shane go out there and fight the undertaker to the point where they think so undertaker's gonna think he's fighting just shane and then we'll all run out <laughs> And it will, you won't see it coming. Where they've, It's the same thing they've been doing for months. But I feel like Triple H thinks he's being the cerebral assassin by constantly pretending to do one thing and then do the blatantly obvious thing instead. Mm. That's what I think anyway. Good thoughts there, Tom, from a good person. Thanks, mate. <laughs> and what we like to do at the end of these lovely episodes from 2000 is look back at... And what was something that you remembered from this time period? And let's go with a special guest first there, because wasn't special if you weren't doing this. Matt, what was something you remembered from watching this? Maybe not this particular episode, but just something you forgot that you remembered. The complete opposite to remembering. I'm very tired, I'm sorry. Uh, on this episode. <laughs> I just remember being really, really, like, not, not let down, but really, really hyped for those promo packages with the kids saying like, oh, he's coming or he's here or, you know, just leading up to The Undertaker's return because 
The Undertaker, like I always, you know, throughout the nineties, I always kind of liked him. I mean, a lot of people did, and I was in like all of his subtle gimmick changes, you know, to the Ministry and you know, Phantom of the Opera, Taker, and all that stuff. It was all all really really subtle, but like I got the feeling that they'll, oh, they're going to do something really different here because how how long was he gone uh, between when he like walked out on McMahon versus versus here? Uh, I think it was November, about nine months, almost a year. So yeah, I you know I was watching Raws and 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 what have you. So I just remember being so so excited. And when he came out again, I was like, cool. Like honestly, if it wasn't for Kid Rock and like later Roland, I'd kind of like be way more down on him then and now. So because and you know I enjoyed the last ride as like a new move I you know just a more impactful power bomb which you know I, I would always like love any power bombs you'd, you'd see in a match because um, I loved uh, Jeffrey McWild's power bomb in Virtua Fighter so much that I'd always try to perform it was like a really hard throw to do so it was like one of my favorite like general uh, wrestling moves so uh, like and so when he came out and around this time like when he actually came back it was just kind of you know, like I needed to be a bit more convinced and I got used to this Undertaker after a while because like this entire episode was about him, you know, as it should be because it was, you know, just after his like really big return. So it, it was nice seeing an episode that was like all about him in, in particular, but just from 2000, I just remember all the, the, the promos of the kids saying that Judgment Day is coming and you assumed it was the Undertaker. You weren't 100% sure, but then they started piping in the... um the bell tolls and stuff. So I, I just have good memories of the undertaker around this time, but the kind of, when he got into big evil, then I was kind of tired of the biker gimmick, even, even if it was a little bit different and I'm always, always, I'm always thankful for this gimmick change. Cause it was something new it was a time period where you could say, Oh, they tried this. And then you can go back to Coke classic later on. Like you always have that in your pocket. Didn't they even say this to him? They said, look, if if this doesn't work out, like you can be regular dead man again. And he was either against that or like, yeah, OK, but let me let me try this for a while being biker taker. It was something he wanted to do for a while, oh. wasn't it? <clears throat> I feel like he wanted just to do something that was because, again, he, he believed that Innovative. dead man wouldn't be. Yes, it's just changing the rules. He didn't think Undertaker's, uh, the phenom the would survive the Attitude Era, when really it was like a major part of it. Mm. But he didn't feel like it had legs for another decade, so it was uh, time to shake things up, and that's why we got Biker Taker, who's a bit of Mark Calloway. Okay. Yeah, I think that was it, and I think Undertaker wanted to be like that because that's how he is, that's how he envisions himself anyway. If you've seen any of the Last Ride documentaries... He is just like, oh, I like to ride my yeah. bike and my Harley and then, you know. <laughs> and talk about skank Put on my own theme I had in WWE 2003 and just drive. <laughs> <laughs> and Tom, what was something that <laughs> I, you remembered? I like to get on my motorbike and put Kid Rock on, press play. You've done it now, damn it! Yeah. <laughs> okay. You jumped over this as well. Let me play my Limp Bizkit. <laughs> You've done it now. Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle! Every song um, is You've Done It Now. <laughs> I hate when that happens. Um, things I. <laughs> no. <laughs> what, what, what? Things I remember from this episode. Um, the, the birth of Team Extreme. Mm. 
I remember Lita being dragged away by Matt and Jeff, and that was about to become a thing. That's my what did I remember. Exciting time. Yeah. Matt, what about you? I remember... What, Matt, what about you? I remember Undertaker scaring off Vince and the others <laughs> with his bike. From from his big old bicycle. Get back here. And they're like... <laughs> <"Gah!"> <laughs> if only he was on a bicyclette. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want anything bad to happen to me tonight. Ding, ding. <laughs> oh, no. Come back you here, Vince. I can go up to 15 miles an hour on this baby. <laughs> Pedal, damn it. So, Matt the Muscles, <laughs> similar question. What was something that you'd forgotten about? Um, I... I... Maybe it's mostly because I hadn't seen this particular episode. Like, I definitely knew there was, you know, a change. But I completely forgotten the reason as to why Lita ever even switched from the, the S.A. Rios cola to the uh, Hardy Boys cola and started drinking from that instead. Um, I, I never really... I, I must have known at some point there must have been like a you know a, a flashback on Raw where they would show what happened on Smackdown or like a pay-per-view promo package that would show but I completely forgot the reason for it so seeing it now because when they came out and it was uh, Rios versus Matt I was like oh this you know, the, you know I, I never expected this to be the episode to show uh, why that came to be so I completely forgotten the reason for why that had happened so it was nice to uh get a little refresher how badass farouk was as a singles wrestler um just the crisp nice power slams and spine busters being dropped it was lovely to see i feel like we we were deprived farouk of a big singles push of some variety in, in this time in w i know he, he came in as like leader of the nation and, and that was a big part of what he did but i feel like a baby face run as, as farouk i think would have been good fun but uh, just to see him here in action, brief, stiff, aggressive action against Crash uh, was something I'd completely forgotten about. Yeah, because Bradshaw got his time to, you know, get another run in a different guise. So why not Fruk? Like, it's just always damn, exactly. damn, damn. Exactly. It could have been It could have been wonderful, yeah. but there you go. What about you, Math? What have you forgotten? Crash Holly shaking up the beer. <laughs> <laughs> what a great way I'll to get it. I'll show you, them. boys. <laughs> damn yeah nice simple rounds off that little plot point that they didn't even need to do but it makes it so entertaining to watch week by week and go that's the thing from last week they remembered the thing oh that's great mm. ah, nice. it was nice uh, that that brings to an end our time together today this has been a bumper episode of the classic Smackdown review. So sorry if you only allocated 90 minutes to listen to this because we've, we've gone the, we've gone the distance in this. It's been amazing. Uh, I cannot thank our special guest, Matt McMuscles enough for being a part of this, mate. This has been genuinely an honor and a privilege. Oh no, this is, this is the most fun I've had like in quite a while. Um, if, 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 thank you so much for inviting me on. If you, if you guys ever just, you're not sick of me, you know, ask me, I'm, I'm, Literally, my city's back on lockdown again, so I don't have much to do. So uh, I'd be I'd be happy to jump back in whenever you whenever you require my services. We will del be delighted to have you back. But where can people go to find out all about what you do, sir? 
Uh, you can find me on uh, the YouTubes at uh, just, you know, Matt McMuscles. Uh, the same on Twitter where, um, you know, you, you gave me a pretty good introduction, but I just talk about the fractured and uh, very sloppy development cycles of lots of video games, uh, movies, and even wrestling organizations. Uh, Jay Hunter and I did an episode on WCW and how that all fell apart. So you can check me out there. Um, and if you ever like uh, beat ups please check out the <laughs> the uh, video game the takeover on steam and switch uh that came out rather recently and it could make some more money <laughs> it could always make a <laughs> bit more money so check that out if you're a streets of rage mark matthew what are you working on this week sod all go watch mark mcmuscles Thanks. youtube channel <laughs> and buy the takeover <laughs> thank you until we are next together he is at matt mcmuscles on Twitter. He is at Matthew Gregg on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together we are at Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. <gasps> now Kane, take my car to the shop and spray it pink and take your uncle to the groomers and shave his back. Don't get those two mixed up. Oh no. Fire. I want to die. I love you. Bye. That's gotta be Kane. <laughs> Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic.